Hey, what's up, guys? This is Daniel Logan, Boba Fett, Attack of the Clones, Star Wars Episode 2, and you're listening to Below the Bout Show. Hey, join me on the dark side. We have cookies. Okay, I'm Warwick Davis, and you're listening to Below the Belt Show. <laughs> okay, cheers, guys. Hey, I'm Ray Park. You know, you may know me. I play Darth Maul, Snake Eyes, and G.I. Joe, and you're listening to Below the Belt Podcast. Hi, this is Emily Swallow. I play the armorer in The Mandalorian, and I am on the Below the Belt Show. This is the way. The Below the Belt Show is closed captioned for the hearing impaired. It is now time for the Bad Boys of Baltimore. Pips up. Goes down. pleasure guys uh it's a special star wars themed episode of btb and let's go ahead and introduce the rest of the scruffy nerf herders here on the panel <laughs> starting with first of all baby yoda is in the house <laughs> and in addition let's go ahead and introduce uh <laughs> wow do we have darth vader in the room <laughs> she is <sighs> <laughs> she is your grace it is darth <laughs> morgan darth morgan good to have you on btb good to be here it's been a minute but yeah. you know i couldn't couldn't miss this day may, yes. may the fourth be with you may the fourth be with you uh let's go ahead and introduce grand moff zod <laughs> that's right he's the man with the common presence and the persian prince of pop culture Yes. Grandma, Grandma. Well, although General is a uh, is a rank in both the Empire and the the Rebellion. So. That's right, General Moff Zod. Yeah, General General Zod. General Zod works just as well. J- just plain General Zod works yeah. as well. Okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and we actually have from our friends over at That Was Disappointing. He is an avid Star Wars fan, so we had to have him as guest co-host this week. He is the one and only Kenny Hopkins. Do you have a Star Wars moniker? Uh, I wish I would come up with one. No, I did not realize that. Okay. <laughs> there used to be. Actually, I, just, I don't even have a places online where you could you could like look up. They'll like. I got a good one for you. you a Star Wars. Oh name. yeah. I got a good one for you, Kenny. Ken Kenobi. There you go. As I like ben it. Kenobi, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, he was joining us a little in and out, but he is back. 
He is the king of the 80s, the demotivational speaker. And uh, maybe he'll tell us his Star Wars moniker, Chachi McFly. Nope. Chach? Chachi's doing the in and out. And not the in and out in Clockwork Orange, right? The in and out of the is, virtual room. <laughs> is he tra- is he traveling? He must is be traveling he... through warp speed, maybe. I don't well, know. On the, oh, I thought maybe he was away somewhere. So, <laughs> so, so like maybe where yeah. he is the service. I don't know. He could be, know. be he could be being jammed by the Empire. That's right. Could be being jammed True. by the Empire guys. Well, uh, first of all, uh, thank you all for joining us. It's uh, may the fourth be with you. It's it's a special day. It's a holiday for us Star Wars fans, isn't it? It is indeed. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. So, um, did anyone do anything in particular for Star Wars Day? Um, I pretty much was prepping the show, so at the most, all I did was post the link for the Obi Wan Kenobi trailer. <laughs> yeah, I watched. Fabulous. I watched that. That's for sure. I watched that. Yeah, yeah. but uh, I know Morgan Fab. You did a lot more for uh, so. May 4th. Yeah, tell us. Yeah, because like, so I did the first time I bought this costume was in 2018 mm-hmm. and that's when I did a little thing at my office it was like slow-mo walking and I took the mask off and then I didn't do anything again until I didn't do anything in 2019 but in 2020 like it was like the beginning of COVID and that was when I did Darth Vader in the house like bored like watering plants on his Peloton like doing yoga and then last year I just did, I did like the Cardi B dance. So this year I actually had two of my friends that were like, we're going to do a whole thing. So I held my friend's dog and then I did a photo and my friend who's a photographer, like superimposed the lightsaber. And, and this was all done last night between 10 and midnight. So very last minute, but you know, we threw it together. So Love, Here love the videos. Love the videos. <laughs> Hopefully they'll go viral, Darth Morgan. Yeah, <laughs> we'll see. And let's go ahead and introduce you. Hopefully he is in the virtual um, room uh, and won't be going in and out. But he's uh, the king of the 80s, the demotivational speaker, Chachi McSkywalker. <laughs> I, I like it. Star- I don't know if you have a Star Wars moniker, but we're all, uh, we're all going by Star Wars monikers today. Chachi McFlywalker. Yes, oh, McFly there, there Yes, that's clever. There you go. McFly, Chachi <laughs> McFly Walker, Han What's Solo, General Zod, Darth Morgan, and Ken Kenobi. I think this is great. Nice. <laughs> what a crew. What a crew. Yes, guys. Wow. So um, let's just talk everything Star Wars. I mean, it's it's one of our favorite fandoms. That's why we handpicked uh, this particular panel. Um and um, the topic of this week, we like to throw out our opinions. Um, there are there have been eleven live action Star Wars films: the original trilogy, the prequels, the sequels, Solo, and Rogue One. So, uh, want to go around the room and everyone out of those eleven movies, tell us your favorite, followed by. An honorable mention. And I'd like to start with Ken Kenobi, Kenny Hopkins. Hey, okay. Yes. Uh, man, it's like picking my favorite child. Um, you know, some of them annoy me more than the others, but, right, you know, I, right. I love them all. Um, Even the bad 
kids, right? Yeah, well, you know, there's one or two that just stay in the closet, like, <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, like, literally. But um, so now, I mean, it's it's 2022. It's it's a nice, <laughs> you know, accepting age. Yes. Yeah, that's, it's it's indeed. Um, I I would say, man, it's so. This question's hard because every single time, like everybody says the same thing every time. And that's, you know, I mean, you guys may have a different answer, but I'll just go ahead and throw it out there. Obviously, Empire, okay. Empire Strikes Back is my all time favorite. Like it's that place in my heart. Just it's it's just my favorite. Um, and why? Um, because it, it, it you, you have such you have the you have the Han and the Leia love story that isn't you know um you've got the them escaping the Millennium Falcon's a character in the in the whole thing you know with it breaking down and and all the stuff with that um you've got the split of the droids so you know you kind of see each one of them kind of come out and have their own personality it's like all these characters that we we went and watched the original A New Hope with we're we're now getting to kind of we don't have to be introduced to them again we can just go in and, and dig into it you know you, you even starting to see some emotional sides of vader and stuff like at one point when when the falcon disappears um like vader just turns around you know defeated and and the and the, the whoever the leader was at the time i forgot he was the the second guy who was um promoted he just stands there he's like oh, am i dying today <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> And that's the first time you see a lot of that stuff. Um, so, I mean, and, and just, you know, on top of the fact that the, the giant ending with the big cliffhanger and um, and all that stuff. Honorable mention. That's tough, too, man. Um, mm -hmm. Do you guys remember the build up to episode one? Just the craziness behind every I mean, like Absolutely. you couldn't go to like a freaking Taco Bell Taco or 7-Eleven yep. <laughs> and you couldn't buy a pack of Doritos or a Pepsi without right. seeing, you know, with, you know, everything. And uh, and man, the majesty behind all of that, my first Star Wars movie that I got to see, like because I watched the 1201 showing in the historical Senator Theater right there in Baltimore. Oh, nice. I, I saw that, too. I actually saw that movie three times before noon the day it released in the theaters, obviously. Wow. Um, that, so I, I that movie for me has got to be my honorable mention. Not I would have to say Solo is my second favorite watch. You know, if I really if, if you've seen the trilogy, you know, obviously Solo is definitely my second favorite watch. But yeah. So honorable going, mention. Your, your honorable mention is Phantom Menace. Yep, I love the pod race too. The wow, games, I, dude, everybody That's hates the pod race. race is great. That yeah. is How do you feel about Jojo? Uh, so, so I was like 19. At the time. I didn't care, you know. I, yeah. I, I was so like happy. I, I nobody liked Jar Jar. That was we get that, <laughs> you know. Nobody liked Jar Jar, but like you know, I, I didn't have a problem with him at the time. In fact, I it was fun making fun of him, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, let's uh let's ask um Mike the General Zod. General Zod. General Zod. Which already yeah. sounds like you said already like a Star. I know, Wars I know that's a that's a Superman character, but it Correct. sounds like Star Wars. It's very. It sounds very. It, like Star it works. Wars. Yeah. So um yeah, I mean like uh like Kenny said, I mean everybody's gonna say Empire Strikes Back. I mean my particular connection to Empire Strikes Back is. I remember it's actually one of my earliest memories that I have so vivid of is um, my parents bought me some kind of like, you know, as while I was learning to read, my parents bought me this, you know, so it was like three years ago. But 
<laughs> my parents bought me this. Give me too, General. Yeah, I know. That's that's why I had to be preemptive there. Yeah. <laughs> the the um bought me this like um this book cassette uh this uh this the set that was like a cassette tape and a book and it was like telling the story of the of Empire Strikes Back and I remember I remember playing playing that for so long playing that all the time and it was uh to the point that I remember afterwards I actually uh recorded my own version of it on another blank cassette tape where I even awesome. emulated r2d2 sounds like because it it would do an r2d2 sound when you would uh go to another page and tell you to turn the page yeah I, dude i totally yeah. think i remember this yeah yeah so i i i did that and i did that so much i did that constantly <laughs> and uh you know so that's why like empire is the one i I think of the most. And I mean, there's enough other reasons. There's enough other like highbrow, high flutin reasons as to why right. thematically Bro, I, it's, re it's I really great. Definitely had this, the original New Hope version of this. I'm looking at the picture. I just looked it up, man. I had I had this. You're talking <laughs> about it and you're like pulling strings I haven't thought about in forever. You got to look it up. Yeah, it's that's that's great. <laughs> and uh, honorable yeah. mention. Okay, so but for honorable mention, the uh, the most recent Star Wars movie that I like truly enjoyed watching, much more so than just like out of nostalgia, but what I thought was a legitimately good movie with like a really great story, mm -hmm. it's got to be Rogue One. Rogue yes. One is yep. such a such a good movie. Mm -hmm. I mean, even without like Star Wars fandom, if you you know, if it was completely yeah. original characters, completely original world that had nothing to do with Star Wars at all, that would still mm -hmm. be a fucking top-notch movie. Do you think it would have the same weight, though? Because at the end, we all know who Vader is, but if all of a sudden this guy comes out with a laser sword and starts casting magic spells when we haven't seen that the entire... Well, I guess we saw him earlier in the movie, too. Mm -hmm. so yeah. There, there is a bit of a setup, so I guess you're right. But I agree with you, man. It could easily be a sci-fi movie by itself. Yeah, 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 and and that end scene with Vader, I mean, yeah. that is like <laughs> it's so awesome. sick. It's so sick, vicious, viciously sick, in, in, oh. a, good, in a good way. Uh, Morgan, are your wheels turning on your uh, yes favorite yes. Star Wars I movie? Mean, and honorable mention. So I remember when the first, well, I guess they're not the first three, but the first original three movies that came out and like. 70s, um, you know, New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi. I remember seeing those at the Senator with my parents when they had the added scenes. And that was like the first time, I think, the special that editions. We had, the special editions that we had yeah. seen them. And I mean, that's when I really became a fan. I really yeah. like Return of the Jedi because it's like the nice culmination, the ending. I like the Ewoks. I know, whatever, say what you want, but I like them. Um, so just like those three are like, that's what I think of when I think of Star Wars. I have seen all the others um, and I wasn't really thinking about Rogue One until you said that, General. And I remember seeing that on New Year's Day. I think it was like 2018 and bawling my eyes out i was like and i i knew yeah. what was going to happen but i was like i was like everyone dies and like yeah. everyone's looking at me and they're like morgan like you know and i was like oh yeah and it was such a good movie like 
the way it was done, like, and you're right, I feel like it could stand alone. But I just remember being like, damn, like that was, it was a very moving movie. So that's my honorable mention. Wow, those are some good yeah. choices. Wow. Wondering if I'm going to repeat those, maybe. I don't know. Okay, <laughs> Chachi McFly. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, you know, I love Empire Strikes Back, and I know there's always a debate, you know, with Empire and, um, you know, this movie I'm going to say now, but, you know, I've always loved Return of the Jedi also the best out of all the movies, you know, like, um, I mean, my God, you had you know, Jabba's Palace, you had um, Princess Leia in her mm-hmm. um, her slave outfit. No <laughs> offense, Kenny. Um, I also own that. <laughs> how sexy. Do you have, and you didn't wear it tonight? I Ooh, that would have been that, a good option. I wore that in like 2018. I still have it. I probably should put that on at some point. Well, it's yeah. a long show, Morgan. You can go um, <laughs> uh, before okay. the end. <laughs> but yeah, such a great, you know, you had Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader finally battling right. it out. You know, you had to fight with the Emperor. You had Darth Vader finally yeah. turning face such at the end. Um, mm-hmm. and, I, yes. and I enjoyed the Ewoks. I saw it as a kid. You know, maybe if I saw it, you know, um, as an adult, um, they would have been annoying. I don't know. But but I just loved it as a kid. I mean, it came out at the right time for me. Um but, you know, honorable mention, you know, it's, it's funny that the original trilogy is so popular and, you know, people always debate over Empire and Jedi, but I never heard anybody say their favorite movie was A New Hope. You know, there's got to be some people out there who say, it's but so it's still great. a great movie. It's still a great movie. And it's a movie that set up the whole entire universe, you know, and spawned, mm-hmm. you know, like how many sequels and spinoffs and toys and you know that was the first movie that really got you know the whole toy market going for star wars so definitely that movie changed pretty much filmmaking i mean it completely mm-hmm. filmmaking mm-hmm. like prior to that in the 70s it was a lot more like kind of auteur driven you know these like smaller movies this this was like the first like yeah the new a new hope like completely turned everything on its head yeah, and what was it? Lucas um, made a deal where he took less money for directing and took like all the merchandise rights or something. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, which you know probably was the smartest move ever made in the history of the world. <laughs> he made a fortune. Merchandising. Off <clears throat> <laughs> well, um, I'm probably gonna have to. Um, and I already have these pre. pre- yeah, you're gonna you're gonna go with. Uh, I'm gonna go with what Morgan said. So my my favorite is. Is definitely Return of the Jedi. I just awesome. I, I love yeah. I love the redemption. Yeah. Um, I love I mean the redemption. Of course, we're talking about Darth Vader, you know, um, who, who saved the son. And how satisfying was it to watch uh, him throw the Emperor? Of course, he did not die after that. He somehow found found a found a way to live after being thrown all the way oh, down. Everybody's coming back. Everybody, comes, <laughs> right. Everybody yeah. comes was, back. But, I mean, he but, was gone for what, like like 20, 30 years. 20, 30 years for, in, in yeah. obscurity. In the, he was uh, just plotting. <laughs> he was plotting for 30 years. But nonetheless, it was just so, so satisfying. And, and you know, when, when Luke burned uh, Darth Vader, there, there was just so much emotion uh, with that scene. And uh, you couldn't help but, but shed a tear, uh, despite mm-hmm. Darth Vader being the, uh, the most feared antagonist 
all across the Star Wars galaxy. Um, but uh, that that really, really resonated with me. Um, and um, I, I love the fact that Return of the Jedi catered for both uh, children and adults. So if you think about it, children-wise, the Ewoks, right? Um, they're cuddly, they're cute. I mean, they kind of did try to repeat that with with Porgs, you know, in, in the the new movies, yeah. uh, <laughs> Attack of the Clones. But nonetheless, the Ewoks were were definitely satisfying uh, for kids, you know. I but, feel like the uh, Gungans were supposed to be that too. But they weren't as cute or cuddly, were they? Yeah, they weren't. They were not neat <laughs> at all. Exactly, and um, it catered for adults because of um, it seemed like they took. Um, the violence to it to a new level with with being electrocuted and and just the viciousness uh, with the Jedi. But of course, let's talk about a slavery that we can most men can endorse is uh, Princess Leia. You know, I mean, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the slave uh, costume. And the reason why that is important because I don't think we'll ever see something like that in Star Wars again. I think they tried to yeah. do that with Padme in the prequels with, you know, the crop top. But if you notice in all the new iterations of Star Wars are not going for the sexy femme fatale anymore. Like it's not. And, you know, um, some fans appreciate that. You know, <laughs> they appreciate, yeah. you know, the slave lay, the, the, the Padme with the crop top. And uh, I know, think um, and because that. it's because it's kids based though right i mean like you know it's it's ultimately supposed to be friendly for kids and girls want to look at them look at characters that they can relate to and see which is the sexy ones <laughs> <laughs> or the mechanic oh, or yes. the pilot or right. you know, morgan morgan saw sexy princess leia she's like i want to be like her uh yes but see she is. I, do, you have, do you have your I'm, opinion on the slave costume morgan as i'm the from the like i'm from like the time that we all grew up and like I never had a problem with all of that like I like I like pretty I like sexy I'm not saying you have to be those things but like I never had a problem with that um I I mean Chachi we've talked about this I think it becomes a problem when we're like forcing it down people's throats that oh right. no we can't we can't show a woman can't be too sexy. We've got to show her right, as smart right. and like the working girl. Like, why can't we be? Why can't it be both? Like, well, it can be both. I, I just, it can be. I'm so I, I just I'm very tired. Well, even even Leia that. ends up, you know, choking out Java. I mean, you, there's strength there. Right. I mean, she's a firecracker. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She got that. her redemption. Right. She got redemption, and they paid homage to that in the she, Book of Boba Fett she, she, with Boba Fett back in 80, out. That was back in eighty three. Was eighty three? Nineteen eighty three. Yeah. Yeah. yeah eighty three. Yeah. So that will be my favorite. Um, my honorable mention is Rogue One. Yes, Morgan. Um, I mm -hmm. right on the money with you. Um, the emotion, the emotion you felt mm -hmm. uh, when they were all uh, perished on that planet, and the fact that this is this is where we learn about, you know, the Death Star and and then the and the the Empire, you know, um, right. doing you know committing a mass uh, destruction on planets. I mean, these are entire planets getting destroyed. And you actually, you know, I, I, if I recall, they, they, they showed a little bit about the panic uh, that that the citizens of each planet were, were, were you know, were feeling when 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 the, when that planet, you know, was destroyed. You know, in previous older Star Wars movies, like for instance, when they blew up Alderaan, we didn't get to see the, you know, this the, the 
the inhabitants of the planet panicking and, 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 mm-hmm. and despair, you know? And we got to see that in Rogue One. Um, and of course, the the ending. Hands down, the emotion um, of Darth Vader and the continuity. They paid very good con- uh, attention to continuity. As you know, uh, Rogue One takes place right before A New Hope. So they had to be mm-hmm. very careful with continuity and, you know, with with you know the stormtroopers and then and, and all the vehicles you know the starships and everything had to kind of flow and look um feasible as a, a movie that took place right before a new hope and that and was, a, that, was yeah. that was a movie where they corrected a um like a pretty big mistake in the prequels where oh, yes. I get, you know, George Lucas wanted to, I mean, he had like all sorts of new technology available in terms of uh, for filmmaking, all sorts of CGI and everything. Mm-hmm. And he made the prequels look like it had technology that was way more advanced than <laughs> right. the original right. trilogy did. That's a big really criticism, did. actually. Really did. And um, it's almost backwards technology, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, like, you know, that was that was one of the biggest things that I think because I think Rogue One was the first of the uh, of the movies where they realized that was a mistake to do. And because yeah. um, look, they look more aerodynamic in spaceships. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, everything was nice and glossy. Yeah. Gloss, everything, yeah. The and then when gone and then, you know, in the future, everything's more boxy, you know, mm-hmm. and then the. And uh, rugged and, uh, you know, um, you know, tank like yeah. and, and like four bit like screens, whereas it used to be <laughs> floating LED holograms. One thing before, before we wrap this up with Rogue One, mm-hmm. you guys, we've all been, you know, we were Star Wars fans when we watched Rogue One. We all knew everything. Right. Right. But do you guys remember like the first time you're watching it and it's that end scene after the planet's destroyed and Vader's coming out and they're trying to get the disc and there's just so much tension and like, mm-hmm. I'm like on the edge of my seat. I'm I yep. know what's gonna happen. I've already I've already seen it everything mm-hmm. past this. Like I knew what was gonna happen, and they made that so good that I was like, mm-hmm. like I had yep. to take a breath after that. And yeah, right. I, I, I was back. shook after that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway. those are some great uh great answers. Um and. Uh, yeah, I think everybody mentioned the best of the best for sure. Um, and if you notice, none of the sequel trilogy was in, in any of our top uh, films. So something uh, a, you could you could make a you can make a um, an honorable mention for um, the Force Awakens. The Force Awakens, because you know the yeah. Force Awakens, but that was something that was driven by pure nostalgia. Everything about that movie was about kind of evoking the same, you know, the same feeling from watching the original trilogy. I mean, to the point where, like, you know, they had a, they just had a bigger scale Death Star. They had a yeah. total fan service. Yeah, yeah it was total fan service, which is which I, I loved. Remember, I remember watching it. I remember going to see it opening night in what was it like 2016? Is that when it came out? Yeah. No. Uh, right. No. No, it was uh, 2015. Yeah, it was 16. Was it 15? 15. Yeah. I'm I'm looking it up right now. Force Awakens, December 14th, 2015. That sounds okay. Right. Okay. And um, and I remember like you know I had a smile on my face the entire every yeah. second seeing it. But you know a lot of that oh, God, is yeah. 
entirely because of the fan service and fan service mm-hmm. isn't a bad thing i mean it 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 makes you happy but you know in terms of you know you you can see it kind of um you know it'll eventually you know but it's kind of like it's kind of like empty calories i guess like you know or like a mm-hmm. sugar rush as opposed to like something that's like more fulfilling yeah huh? like a steak yeah right yeah i'm surprised <laughs> nobody said the last jedi <laughs> there are some parts of the last that i don't hate like there are some parts that yeah. i thought was okay that's a ring endorsement of some parts of a movie i don't hate <laughs> right. that's, that's the only movie that i only watched once i've only seen it one time yeah me too wow. yeah i watched it again i watched it twice to see if i was maybe wrong on my first right. assessment <laughs> I, and I, I wasn't that. yeah i wasn't wrong right <laughs> oh wow yeah, it's crazy because I did watch The Force Awakens at least five times. Yeah, I've seen that a bunch. Right. And then, and and then still the last the dumbest... two, yeah, maybe yeah. twice for the other two. Yeah. And I'm including Rise of Skywalker as well. Mm-hmm. I, I took a second look uh, after the theater uh, at home. And yeah, after that, I was, I was okay. Yeah. I, I, that, was, you know that was still You're the right. dumbest decision ever Both. for a studio to just say, like, okay, go make these movies and make them however you want. With different right. directors. For each mm-hmm. director to make them however they want. Yeah, it no, should have been the like, same writer for all three. Yeah, yeah they should insane. have wrote all three. They should have sat right. down and did right. their homework and didn't rush out. I mean, they still could have yes. had Forks Awakens every bit. I mean, I would have changed some of the Han Solo stuff, but like, uh, yeah, yeah, they could have done. Oh. They had a good launching point there. Again, how did I? I have questions though, because that, that. I'm sorry for rambling, but uh, yeah. like, like how how do we go from ending at Return of the Jedi with you know, we just defeated the Empire, and now we're all, like, afraid of the First Order. Like, how, how do we get... What happened? We um, all had an opportunity. Can, that's something I can believe. <laughs> yeah, but how, how's Luke a badass? And also yeah. He's, he's a quibbling little, like, right. punk. Right. Yeah, he's like, like an old hermit. Like, the last Jedi, tank- yeah. Cantankerous, just, yeah. Just grumpy old man. It wasn't... Yeah. Even Obi-Wan wasn't that way. No, you're right. Yeah, right. <laughs> Which I think we should segue to Obi Wan. Uh, the the trailer just dropped, guys, and it's yes. very fitting for May the Fourth be with you. Uh, May the Fourth to be the day that they release a much more exciting trailer, guys, and of course highlighted by the first glimpse of Darth Vader, guys. So overall, guys, oh, what did you think? I cannot wait for this. Yeah, I, it looks I, mean, really I can't good. wait. I don't effects. need this story. I don't need it, you know, <laughs> but I don't care. I, I'm down. Let's do it. I think we, I personally would like the story. We all want to know what, you know, how sure. does, how does uh, Ewan McGregor evolve into Sir Al Kinnison in How does he age years? 50 right. years in 20 years, right? <laughs> right, 50 years in 20 years. <laughs> oh, that's the number one I question. Mean, well, if you had two sons, you'd age age a lot faster too. That's true. That's that's a good explanation for the two sons. Like I think there's a two sons in my background right now, actually. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean we saw we saw Darth Vader, uh, we saw the Inquisitors, the the big bads, yeah. uh, you know, which were really cool. Um, and it looks like um, well, one of the the Grand Inquisitor is Rupert Friend, and then we have Inquisitor Reva, played by Moses Ingram, who kind of channels in her darth vader you know very similar mm-hmm. darth vader in fact, yeah i saw that i like it they're from rebels 
are they? That's the thing. I did not watch all of Rebels. I, I, I'm starting to get I to Clone Wars now. Yeah. So, uh, do you know if they are or not? I don't know, but okay. the one guy looks like a like. Actually, the other person does too, but the one guy yeah. with with the with the lightsaber in the circle thing that's in right. Rebels. Okay, but I've only mm-hmm. I only briefly went through Rebels. I was watching Rebels with children, so I couldn't sit down and actually you know do the Star Wars. Right, 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 right. Um, so uh, another thing is that we saw Joel Edgerton return as um, Owen Lars, and I'm so oh, yeah. happy. I'm so happy he agreed to come back because yeah, me too. I mean, his career has really skyrocketed, whereas um, Bonnie Peace, who plays on Peru, I don't think her career has has skyrocketed as much. Um, but it's I'm really, you know, I'm a big fan of things that tie in and they use the same actors because mm-hmm. I feel like it's the same story. And I've said this on the show before when they cast different yeah. actors and we're supposed to think it's the same person. Mm-hmm. Kind I don't of, like that. Yeah. You know, so I'm so glad. Number one. Ian McGregor, number two, I love him. Joel Edgerton, um, both reprising their respective roles in this Obi-Wan series. And uh, it's just so dope, man. I mean, yeah, it is. Obi- I, yeah, I I just I've watched Mandalorian and Boba Fett with people mm-hmm. that are not, you know, fans like us. And they've enjoyed it just as much. So See? I really th- I really think. I don't I I haven't done my research on who's producing or directing or any of this, but like I think these series are done very well enough. So like one of my friends who's like, I don't like Star Wars. And I'm like, did you watch The Mandalorian? She's like, yeah, I actually really enjoyed it. And like the storyline, like everything is done really well. I think mm-hmm. like I remember, Al, when you were like, are you caught up on Boba Fett? And I was like, I need to watch it. We sit and we sat and binged it the whole thing yeah. like in a day. Um so I think they they really do a, a really good job of like, you know, capturing the story and like then presenting it really well. Even to people who say, oh, I don't like Star Wars. Have you watched any of it? Like, it's actually a really great storytelling. You know yep. what I mean? Yeah. And they're, they're, they they have hits with these series on Disney. Plus. Yeah. So maybe this is where the lane, this is the lane that they should stay in is is Disney Plus uh, series. But uh, we're going to see the first two episodes on May 27th, guys, mm-hmm. um, which is pretty awesome. And there's only six episodes. So yeah. um, so you'll get the other four um, one week apart after that. And uh, in addition to the names I've already mentioned, Kumail Nanjani is in it. Indira Varma, you remember as the Queen of the Sand Snakes. Um, O'Shea Jackson Jr., who's Ice Cube's son, he's in it as well. Oh, yeah, Sung Kang, Simone Kressel, uh, just to name a few of uh, of the great uh, cast uh, of the series. So, I'm just really excited, I think it's really, really amazing. And of course, that was number one on my list, was everything Star Wars, of course. Yeah, so, um, is so, John yeah. Favreau in, uh, involved with this? I don't think he is. Who, John Favreau. John Favreau. Um, I don't think so either. I don't think he's for this. No, he's not. He's busy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, that, and they don't they don't need him for this, you know, because this is kind of all because it takes place in that three four between three and four era. You know, it's it's kind of pretty. Also, these scripts have been written for quite some time. I think they just that's kind of, true. That they is kind true. of work with them because this this initially it was slowed it down. Yeah, this initially was supposed to be a movie. Um, right. They wanted to do the Obi Wan movie, yeah. So 
they just expanded the six episodes obviously added a bunch of stuff to expand it to a six hour basically a six hour uh, movie you know six episodes so i'm excited man i mean they could really could have did um you know the new uh the new trilogy as a as a series with different seasons and it would have been so much better because they would have been able to take their time yeah for sure yeah really give it time to build up all the you know new characters that are rushing them in the film you know i mean i think that would have been a great series you know which is you know why i was happy that you know cobra kai went the route of doing a series instead of just having um like new movies right i mean how much can you really rush in like an hour and a half two hours it's a good point it's a good point but then you're limited with budget so you you don't have the crazy budget yeah well yeah because there's there's no destination um shoots with these series they usually stay um the, you know they did the led backgrounds instead of you know shooting on location um which is one thing that you know mandalorian and, and yeah, the volume did. so you're really cutting costs you know so but uh you know i'm happy with it um but, yeah, but uh wasn't, like, wasn't stranger things like um spending like 20 million an episode they're saying or something crazy or like where are they it's Stranger something, Things, something insane, yeah. Very, very expensive show. As is uh, the Lord of the Rings series that's coming up on Amazon. Apparently, yeah, that's these, one of the more these um, platforms are just throwing money at these series now. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So you're gonna how see you, cinematic quality television. How do you guys feel about like all of this, like Disney Plus going like back? I mean, because we we were, we were supposed to be. Like I'm looking for like the next big thing. Like, what's the next? Where's Star Wars going? You know, like. What do we uh, want to see next? That's a good. That's are a good we are we keeping the 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 seven eight and nine? Are we keeping those, or is Mandalorian just going to send it in it's in a different direction? And then is it just Mandalorian? Because that's our driver right now. That's that's our the you only thing that we have that can go forward without I, getting hit by something except for seven eight nine. I would love to say see a continuation of the future past episode nine in a Star Wars series, actually. So and you want to keep w- them as, as canon as opposed to Oh, like- yeah, I don't think they should ever go away as canon because th- that would just kind of be very confusing, like the whole DC universe, for instance. I mean, I don't yeah. Know uh, but yeah, I, you had to keep them, especially with Mary um, Fisher now being yeah. um, you know, passed away. Let's sure. see. Let's see. Uh, Daisy Ridley lead um, a series um after episode nine i'd love to see that um and you could Mm -hmm. you know keep some of the characters you know you can have mark hamill return as the force ghost um in in the series what about something where they would go to coruscant and get political with it like no or is that that could happen too i i loved seeing coruscant in um like episode two yeah like there was right yeah episode two i I loved it too like there's a tokyo new york city with you could do like law and order on coruscant that'd be awesome (laughs) oh my god totally just doesn't even have to mess with i remember for the longest time i really wanted like something that was all about like the underworld like all about like all the gangsters Mm. yeah dude yeah, That'd be cool. Actually, yeah. Lucas already wrote something like that. I be, I remember reading it Did and he? seeing he had wrote he has he has written scripts about the underworld, the underbelly, the gang, the the, 
the Star Wars uh, under that would be cool. Like, how would you guys? Yeah. How would you guys feel about like a Godfather Sopranos type thing, but with Jabba mm. the Hutt, like with the yeah? Huts? Do you guys yes. watch The Wire? That'd be awesome. Oh, of course we watch The Wire, dude. That would be perfect. Something like that, where some corrupt cop shit and like you know, because you, you're down on those levels of Coruscant, like they get yeah, you know, they don't even mm-hmm. see the sun, dude. Or in <laughs> or in Tatooine, yeah. And Although I, I think. Tatooine. They see the I sun. think we're getting some more Coruscant in the Obi Wan series too. I think I remember uh, reading that too. So that that would be really exciting because that that was actually one of my favorite things about the prequels was that Coruscant planet. It was cool to see a big city that looked like that, you know. Um, all right, well that was number one. And Star Wars on my list. Um, Here's the Stranger Things, thirty million per episode. Damn. For season four. I do oh, love yeah. that show too. Wow. But... I think I think Lord of the Rings has that beat though. I believe it's wow. a little bit more. Yeah. When is Lord of the Rings coming out? Fall of 2022. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's gonna be one to look for for sure. All right, I think we uh, we could move on to to number two on my list is Doctor Strange. Um, so, um, yeah. early reviews are in, and uh, I think General and I are, are trying to see it um, uh, sometime soon, right? Yeah. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully we can see it, but um, I haven't seen it yet. Well, oh no, we haven't seen it either. I don't think only uh, only some people got were lucky enough to see sneak peeks uh, today. Oh, it's not but even out yet. Shit, it's no. out. It's out this weekend. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but um, you know, it actually had some really interesting reviews. Um, some mixed reviews actually. Um, some saying um, that at the surface of the film is like an everything bagel. It's loaded with ingredients, but it lacks a certain flavor. I of. love everything bagels. So <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, another um, critic said there have been complaints about MCU properties that feel like they exist merely to get people interested in the next movie or TV show, but it's never felt so much like a snake eating its own tail as it does here. Some some of these critics have just these weird analogies they always use, you know. And mm-hmm. it's like, <laughs> do you like it? <laughs> um, one uh one reviewer on Variety uh called the uh, the plot exhausting, uh, a convoluted plot thing. Just because you followed it all doesn't mean that Doctor Strange: The Multiverse of Madness earns every one of its elaborate and at times exhausting convolutions. Um, <laughs> so, uh, we don't, I don't hear convolutions, man. It's it's not very positive. You know what? Uh, a complex plot can be a lot of fun especially when there's like so many elements like when all those elements are coming together like they said with an everything bagel i don't know reading those i'm not that worried i was i was not worried either yeah yeah Mm -hmm. uh what else we said um indywire praised the film's violent and wacky second half violent huh violent sam raimi you know sam raimi's probably you know he tries to have like uh you know, he tra- you, you can still see the roots of, like, like Evil Dead and things like that, even in the Spider-Man movies. So I could see that. Yep, and that you're right. It is helmed by uh, Sam Raimi. And another reviewer said it plays with Rami's strengths. It's looser, more kinetic, and occasionally goofy, despite the big stakes. Okay, all right. Um, and that's all great, man. Um. Of course, there's always a little controversy with, you know, people all up in arms. And 
They're targeting, of all people, which is really sad, um, a 13-year-old actress that's in the film. Um, and uh, her name is um, Chatel Gomez, who plays America Chavez. And I know General Zod, as the comic book aficionado, you're very familiar with America Chavez, right? I am, yeah. <laughs> She's got the ability to jump between universes. And, of course, the character is LGBTQ. Mm-hmm. Um and I'm sorry. Uh, I just said uh huh. Oh, uh huh. Sorry. <laughs> um, so apparently there's a lot of trolls um, that are, are just not happy with you know they're criticizing. I mean this is this is a young actress. She's Who, who's surprised? Yeah. Well, Unfortunately, I, I, no one's surprised. You yeah. know, I hate it that it happens, but it's like you know, this yeah. is, it just needs to keep happening, and then eventually no one will feed the trolls anymore, and then they'll go away. Right, exactly. Or they'll be outlawed and hunted down and murdered. Well, apparently they can't show the film in Saudi Arabia because Disney refused to remove um, a scene of lesbian mothers. So I didn't allude to whether America Chavez is gay herself, but she she's is raised. Gay. She's also gay. Okay, so yeah. she's raised by lesbian mothers and is also gay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um. So uh, that being said, um. Saudi Arabia and other territories, they are not going to be able to show the movie because Disney's not going to cut it. They're not going to cut the scene. Um, Good for them. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Benedict Wong defended um, America Chavez and uh, Chotel Gomez and said it's not okay. We all have to collectively understand that. She auditioned at age 13, joined us at age 14, one of the youngest actors to join the MCU. Um, there's a real shame for all those trolls that are cowards not to actually put their face out there. And they should feel a deep shame of what they're doing. So um, there you go. Um, so expect uh, <laughs> expect uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness to rule the box office, predicted to, to earn at least $160 million opening weekend. Um, but um, it was a pretty tame uh, box office nonetheless with the bad guys. Uh, remaining at the number one spot, and that's the animated uh, film. Um, and uh, of course, that has the voices of Mark Marin's as he beats Craig Robinson, Sam Rockwell, Aquafina. Runner up is Sonic the Hedgehog 2, Fantastic mm-hmm. Beasts, number three, and The Northman, and everything everywhere all at once as the fourth and fifth films, respectively. Um, so it was exactly the same as last week. It hasn't changed. So expect that to wow. <laughs> someone to be <laughs> completely overthrown um, by Doctor Strange. This you think as so? expected. I mean, it is Marvel, right? <laughs> it, might come, it, might, it might come in fourth, I think. That lineup. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Number three on my list is other Marvel stuff. Uh, so uh, Marvel is uh, swapping out the release dates for two of their major films. Um, the Marvels, which is the sequel to Captain Marvel, um, originally supposed to debut uh, on February of 2023, will now uh, move to July of 2023. Right, yeah, so. we're going to do now for Valentine's Day. <laughs> right. Damn it. No, well, well, this is what you'll do. You'll go see Ant Man and the Wasp, which will now well, be there we go. romantic. There you go. They're just swapping spots, you know, uh, the two Marvel movies. So uh, 
I mean, uh, I think I'm in the Wasp. Quantumania is going to be exciting because it's, you know, you're getting mm-hmm. more uh, multiverse kind of stuff with that quantum world. The Marvels, I have no idea what to expect. You know, that's the, the Captain Marvel sequel. Um, assuming more of the, the Kree Skull War. Uh, Zod, what do you, you think is going to happen in that? I actually don't think they'll do the Kree Skull War. If they okay. do. Well, I mean, they could, I guess. I mean, the, it's too soon for that, I think. You know what I mean? <laughs> with the war think. going on right now. No, no, that's meaning in, in the Marvel universe. <laughs> but we already know what the next big bad is, right? In which film? In all of Marvel. In all of Marvel? Is it Galactus? Who are you well, thinking? Not yet. It's Kang, right? Well, yeah, Kang. You're right. You're right. Kang the, is... That leads into Galactus and... Can't, well, like, probably after Kang will be Doctor Doom and then Galactus. Oh, okay, and, yeah, I guess and, Doom by could then come in. the Fantastic Four will have... Um, yeah. Hopefully, yeah, we'll see. Yep, I got news on Fantastic Four. Great segue, guys. So, uh, John Watts is out of uh, directing Fantastic Four. Oh, that's great so he, news. He was, he was supposed to... Really? Because he he directed the Spider-Man movies. No, I'm saying that's great. That's not good news. I was being sarcastic. For oh, the movie. It's okay. <laughs> not good news for the movie. It's not good news because you want a good director because the, the last couple of Fantastic Four movies weren't great. You know what? Right. Going Jessica terrible. Alba and Chris Evans was – that was fun. It wasn't great, but it was fun. But, yeah, the last – one, uh, yeah, that was under the uh, that Sony Empire or Sony banner was not very good. But um, so uh, they actually do not have um, a director yet. So uh, I wonder who's going to step up to the plate um, to direct this, um, which is now you know a reboot. Because mm. personally, I like this. I mean, there was rumor that it was going to be John Krasinski and his wife playing, uh, you know. Mr. Fantastic and Sue Richards, uh, Richards and Sue Richards, um, Emily Blunt, that is, yeah, um, Jack Krasinski's wife, but uh, no casting announcements just yet, but um, I can't really think of it. I think that's a really perfect choice right there. I can't really think of anyone else that really could do that, and they're, they're both not in the uh, MCU yet, so mm-hmm. you know, we could see it. Um, they're running out of actors. They, like, they are. <laughs> Shouldn't Marvel get like four directors for this movie? Don't they always try to? Don't, does he try to always match up like the <laughs> um, director with like whoever the main star is of the movie? Like, like if it's the woman, like if it's Captain Marvel, they get a woman director. Black Panther, they'll get like a black director. As before, they get like four directors. <laughs> four directors. Who, who directed Shang Chi? Yeah. Oh. Had to be an Asian guy, right? Was it, it not was an Asian guy? Yeah. It was okay. Yeah, same with so it, was, it was uh, an Asian woman with the with the Eternals. Yeah, yeah. So they always try to match it up. And so was Gemma Chan as, as one of the leads in Eternals. So yeah, you always try to match it up. That's a very good point. They do try to match it up. All right. Well, I usually lump in um, Disney Plus with um, and it's a separate category, but it's gonna be lumped in with Marvel because the episode six just dropped. Um, I haven't had a chance to uh, check it out, but I had to read ahead because you know I gotta do your due diligence. Um, Zod, did you catch episode six of Moon Knight? Yes. Yeah, I actually just saw it. Like, I uh, just saw it with my kids about a half hour before the show started. Okay. Could you give us a, a review? I liked it. I did. It was um, it was definitely bombastic, a lot more so than the other um, <clears throat> the other five episodes. I think were a little bit more. Um, 
you know, a little bit more grounded and, mm-hmm. you know, than the uh, the previous two episodes, uh, episode four and five got really, really surreal and out there and like made you start like questioning reality and everything. And this one was uh, way more just like standard superhero, you know, punching and <laughs> punching, <laughs> shooting. But it was um, it was still a whole lot of fun to watch. There is uh there was something in it that did surprise me. Um, I don't know if it's a spoiler or anything. But well, they, if you're alluding to the uh, the mid credits, we can talk about it. Yeah, we can talk about that. That's uh, that really wasn't that uh, the the end credit scene. It was uh, that was something they'd been kind of like hinting at for a long time in the show. And people people who are familiar with the character in the comics knows that he had three identities, not just two. Yeah. And like, uh, so and it's Jake, Jake Lockley. Yeah, Jake Lockley. Uh, mm-hmm. It was kind of an interesting thing, stylistic choice to have each of the identities have like completely different nationalities, yeah. which is which, right. was, which is what Oscar Isaac can do. Yeah, because he's he's like Latino, but he's also white passing, and he could also be, you know, he could. You know he's you know ethically ambiguous. You know that's and he admits yeah. that in interviews that he is. Um, but tell us a little bit about this Jake Lockley persona. Apparently he's like a he used he used to be a, a taxi cab driver. Yeah, that was that was the whole deal with um with Moon Knight with the the three uh, the three identities the Mark Spector one like in the comics for the longest time it was Mark Spector. And then the the other two identities were more like disguises he would have where like I mean they didn't really introduce the dissociative identity disorder until like later. Ah. <clears throat> so like um so like Jake Lockley was like this kind of like undercover identity he'd have where he'd drive a cab to like, you know, find out information about crimes like and uh Stephen Grant was the kind of like billionaire playboy who I mean they don't ever explain how he got all this money but yeah it would just be <laughs> this like Bruce Wayne type character yeah and we know they, how Bruce got I, his I mean they they've had a lot of different iterations where um <clears throat> in one of them like there's a there's a delightfully fucked up story where um um it turns out and i think it's still canon in marvel where the um marks like moon knight has a son he's like has like a two-year-old son okay but mark had no memory of being with this woman to have the son and it turned out it was jake (laughs) and like Mm. and like you know there's a whole thing about that and the um so I mean, Jake was also always supposed like sometimes they, he's portrayed as being like super rough around the edges compared to mm-hmm. like the, the more violent one. And then other times they actually show him as being more like a Joe Schmo type. And, um, you know, Mark is the more um, more violent one. But I guess in this one they're going in the in the MCU, they're going with the former. Where he's like the the more violent, unpredictable one. OK. Wow, I'm looking forward to it. They haven't officially announced season two yet of Moon Knight, but I'm, I'm kind of doubting. I thought I thought they were talking that I thought Oscar Isaac, like everything Oscar Isaac's been saying, he was like, yeah, I only want to do one season. Mm-hmm. And so. So I, I would expect him to show up in a future movie. 
mm-hmm. one of the team-ups. So um, that will be really exciting. All right, uh, moving on to number four on my list. Um, one of the big movies coming out this month is Top Gun Maverick. And they just released a, a promotional song by Lady Gaga called Hold My Hand. And it's kind of like an homage to the power ballads of the 80s. Um, and um, already buzzing to be the original song contender for the Oscars. Um, and they uh, actually teased um, teased the song following the cinema, CinemaCon screening in Las Vegas. So, uh, And one thing that's really cool, they used the same technology they used for Val Kilmer as they did for um, young, young Luke Skywalker in in Mandalorian and in Book of Boba Fett, where they just take existing, you know, what they have from the, from their previous voice, because, you know, people's voices change as they get older, in the case of Mark Hamill. But in the case of Val Kilmer, he had throat cancer, and he, he can't speak, um, which is pretty sad, considering, you know, he's kind of, you know, a shell of, of who he used to be. Um, um you know, when I met him, he had already lost his voice and it was really hard to hear him um, because he had to get vocal cords removed. So in order to have the Iceman speak in Top Gun, they used that same technology where they took a lot of the old um, Val Kilmer um, audio, you know, and they were able to generate new dialogue. It's just amazing. Oh, wow. It's an amazing technology that they have today. You know, we don't even need actors. <laughs> That's what they're saying. With with the realist realistic CG and with the audio that you can get from, you know, that you can generate, like you know, artificial. What what would you call the artificial audio? I don't know. <laughs> or Auto- synthetic yeah. synthetic. Uh, I don't know what. Uh, this uh, probably a term for it. That I can't think of. But uh, in, in twenty years, when the, the whole industry goes. Yeah. <laughs> right. In, in twenty years, when uh, Disney reboots Star Wars, it's going to be with all the original actors. Wow. <laughs> And they, right. they actually can do like a Goonies part two with with them as kids still. Yeah, they could they could retcon uh, place Luke, a year later. They could retcon Luke Skywalker, uh, his death in, in The Last Jedi. And then because that's the thing, man, Luke Skywalker, just as, as the last thing I'll say about Star Wars, Luke Skywalker is the only actor that wants to continue Star Wars and that can from the original trilogy. Han Solo, Harrison Ford wants nothing to do with it after he, he actually wanted his character to, to be killed off. Sadly, Carrie Fisher had passed away. So of the original three people, Mark Hamill wants to stay with the franchise and can, but yet they decide to kill him off. So it's like, anyways. <laughs> there, there is no death. There's only the force. That's true. Mm. If you were a force user, you could always come back in the, in the form of a force ghost. Yes, that's true. Uh, all right, number five, the Jurassic World Dominion trailer. Gotta admit, it looks pretty awesome. And it's the OG Jurassic uh, cast, you know, um, a meeting with the new cast. And I think it's just a great, that's just, it's it's really cool to see Sam Neill, Jeff Goldblum, Laura Dern, um, you know, with the new cast, you know, Bryce Dallas Howard and Christopher Pratt. Um, so, uh, yeah, the trailer was really good. The effects look really, really awesome. Um and uh, yeah, this is where the do- dinosaurs are unleashed. They're they're roaming free, uh, and uh, of course, Chris. Isn't that like every movie? <laughs> right? right. But this like is the, every this Jurassic is the Park first, movie. This is the one where they're actually released 
in in, in like outside the park, I believe, right? Because the the previous ones were still within outside the park. of the island. Outside of the thank you, outside of the island, right? On purpose. So wasn't, wasn't there? A... Yeah, I don't know what the plot. I don't know where how. What can remember. they do here? Didn't Lost World? Did Lost World? They had the dinosaurs go to um, yeah. Was it New York it or somewhere? Park. It was like a theme park or something. Wasn't oh. it? <laughs> yeah. They yeah, like T Rex gets loose. It's, it's right. what happens, which exactly. doesn't doesn't happen yeah. in the book. Yeah, and the boat crashes into like New York and they escape and because there's raptors on it. Yeah. I can't even remember. Yeah. Yeah, pretty sweet trailer. Lost though. World was horrible. I'm all about it, man. Mm. I'm like, I love. I've seen them all. Um, I was a big Jurassic Park yeah. fan when I was a kid. I mean, I saw mm-hmm. the original in the theaters. It's the first oh, yeah. movie that I saw in the theaters more than once in the theaters. You know what I mean? Like, right. as, a, wow. as a kid, like back in the 90s, that never happens, you know? Mm-hmm. That means your mom and dad have to take you there like more than <laughs> once. That's never fucking happened. <laughs> but I saw that movie three times. Right. And, yeah, I read both they the have books. A, um, they have a Jurassic ride at Universal that's brand oh, new. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's at, I, I was terrified. I wrote it twice, but I thought nice. I was dying. Like it's, <laughs> Terror. It's terrifying. But that, it is that, possible like, to that, die like, um, on a ride in Orlando, well, right. unfortunately. It, yeah, it just came out, I think, like this year, and um, luckily I like know people there, so I didn't really have to wait in that two-hour line. Go. But um, VIP Morgan Fab. It was. VIP. I, I was. I like literally thought I was gonna die. It's terrifying. So the the franchise is still doing very well. <laughs> All right. Number six on my list is the Weird Al Yankovic story. Um, <laughs> it's not the Weird Al yeah. story, but uh, it's a pseudo biopic. And, you know, at first I was not sold on Daniel Radcliffe portraying a Weird Al. But you know what? After seeing the trailer, I changed my mind. Yeah. That trailer looked fun as hell. I yeah, dude, I'm down. He yeah. looks really good. Like, he looks yeah. legit. Like... He got the persona down. I mean, the hair and makeup, you know, Um uh yeah you know it's it's cool it's a biopic you know um and sort of a musical biopic um but uh, well it should be right <laughs> <laughs> just like you know Bohemian Rhapsody and the Rocket Man and all and all that sort which had some elements of both but this one's gonna be on the Roku channel and uh I don't know who has Roku, but <laughs> I don't. Oh, I know. Like, I mean, the theaters? Roku is I, Roku. I mean, I have a Roku, but I guess I've got the Roku channel. I don't. Yeah. I never, yeah. I never watch anything on there. <laughs> I mean, hey, is it, I guess it's worth a look. I haven't heard of any original content on Roku. Is there any? But uh, it's a first. <laughs> So uh, what's weird is they weird out six foot tall and Daniel Radcliffe is five foot five. Right. So they're oh, pretty yeah. big height difference. Yeah, that's the one thing I was playing like a really, a really young weird out like from like middle school. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing I was criticizing at first because I thought that they didn't get the physicality right. But uh, I wonder if he learned how to play the accordion. Oh, he plays the accordion in that trailer. Oh, yeah, actually in and out. I mean, I mean like life. you know, you right. gotta sell it, right? Right. <laughs> right. Oh, man. Exciting stuff, man. Number seven on my list is CinemaCon stuff. Um, uh, we're going to get a, a John Wick Chapter 4, um, which they released a trailer for those in attendance, uh, the public, us. You know, Unfortunately, we, we're not able to see it quite yet, but I'm sure it's going to be dropped very, very soon. But um, Lionsgate did uh, tease that um, and compared um, this particular one 
Um, a modern myth, a singular experience, a cultural phenomenon. Okay, so um, I guess that's very positive. <laughs> also, they also they also teased um, the upcoming Hunger Games prequel, the Battle Ooh. of the Songbirds and Snakes, and they have a release date for oh, really? November. Yeah, <clears throat> I haven't heard of that one. Yeah, November 2023. This is news from CinemaCon. It just uh, yeah, I hadn't heard of that. Yeah, they'll be um. Going in production was there, soon. Was there a prequel book? Does there anyone was. Know? Novel oh. about songbirds and snakes, which actually okay. was just released in 2020. So it's a fairly new book. Oh, okay. Yeah. And the synopsis is basically years before he would become the tyrannical president of Panem, 18-year-old Coriolana Snow sees a cha- chance for change in fortunes when he is chosen to be the mentor of Lucy Gray Bird. The Girl mm. Tribute from Impoverished District 12. So this is the Don Sutherland character, but just the younger version. Um, so um, to read that. Yeah. But one much of the most, much much younger. I mean, 18 years old, right? You yeah. Know? Um. All right. So um. Also at CinemaCon, interesting. Something very bizarre happened. Uh, Olivia Wilde was uh presenting um her film. Uh, Don't Worry Darling, which we talked about last week, but uh, uh, this was actually uh, something I didn't have from last week. I didn't, wasn't, didn't get a chance. I, I to love this. Go ahead. But yeah, but she was like presenting. She's on stage presenting, you know, about to talk about her film. And apparently she got served while on stage. She she was what? handed a vanilla like, envelope. Like for, for like a dance off you're talking about? Yep. <laughs> yeah, served. You got served. And uh, okay. she said, is this for me? Um, uh, an individual not identified. Um, apparently, she looks, and the papers are drawn up um, re- regarding the the children of her and Jason Sudeikis. And apparently, Jason had no idea that it was going to happen at CinemaCon. Um, but um, wow. I don't know. I don't know if that that makes sense. That he didn't really didn't know. I mean, it's kind of an awkward awkward place to 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 be served papers, you know. Um, Apparently, from what I read, uh, I, like Jace, Jason's uh, representative or something said that the the company hired to serve her, you know, didn't tell them anything. They just did what they did, and so therefore Jason did not know. But okay, so that's whether, whether that's true or not, I don't know. Um, right, that's just a move in their part. Yeah, it's just like you know. <laughs> She's in her proudest moment, you know. She's this is her directorial debut. I think it's a directorial debut. No, no, it's not a directorial. It's just, that's, she's, I believe she directed um, Booksmart or something or uh, previously, but yeah. But nonetheless, it's, it's something that she's very proud of. And then you're gonna go, <laughs> you're gonna go serve her papers um, in her proudest moment, you know. I mean, that's like uh, that's like punching someone after getting nominated for best actor, you know. I mean. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> Do we know anyone like that? Um, all right. Uh, number eight on my list. Um, so a lot of drama with the the Fast franchise and Fast X. We talked about last week that Justin Lin left the film, and now they have a new director, Louis Leterrier, who directed The Incredible Hulk and the first two Transporter films. So he's going to set to take over. Um, and apparently there was a rumored. Um, friction between justin lynn and vin diesel um 
And that's the reason why Justin Lin pieced out. I mean, he did he did his five films for the Fast franchise. Um, but uh, I don't know, man. It just seems very disastrous to go through a director change within the first week, you know. Well, I mean, if he did five of the Fast and Furious movies, what kind of um, integrity does he have, that director? <laughs> yeah, like in those shit movies. Right. It's not like... They call it money grab or something. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's not like he was like, I won't do that. How dare you ask me to do that on screen? Right. I'm it's an like artist. Did every other bullshit thing on there. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, let's see. Number nine on my list is Netflix. So um, did not watch any of Ozark. I've been trying to avoid spoilers as much as possible. So yeah, Ozark will be discussed next week, guys. But okay. it is the number one uh, rated series on Netflix. Um and um of course uh, no no surprise there um and uh i'm just really stoked to see it i think i went through people are just such assholes on social media sometimes because <laughs> they 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 tend to, to to you know they try to not be like uh revealing in their posts but you know oh i can't believe this happened and that happened and yeah you know, it's just um and it's one of those shows because it, the Netflix phenomenon is dropping all episodes at once, and it doesn't. It's not spaced. Right. Out. So you, if you, sick of. yeah, I don't. I don't like the Netflix format. I like what Disney Plus is doing. I like what Hulu does. They give you a little taste, and you, they make you wait a week. You know, like that's absorb it mm-hmm. and not get spoiled. Like even if they come out with two episodes, like with the first drop and then one each other week. I'm yeah, fine with that, I mean, that, but. Cobra Kai. You know, we love that show, but yeah, it, it, you know. Kind of have to be. I don't know. You don't get you don't get frustrated when you have to yeah. wait a whole week and I do. Like, yeah, I do too. Yeah, of course. But I I enjoy it more that way because it, it then you get to watch it over like ten weeks instead of watching it over one weekend. Yeah. And then it's sure. over for another like, year and a half. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, then, the problem with that the the one problem that I can think of and it's not really it's like a totally a first world problem is <laughs> that it's like um, sometimes like if. Uh, Sometimes it's hard for me to remember everything from something I saw like a week ago. Yeah. And like, I I'm think, like, yeah. I, I got to go back. And especially. I, I have the opposite problem. It, really? Yeah. Yeah. Because like if I watch too much. No. If I, if I watch all 10 episodes right away, we just binge watch them. Right. Like episode one doesn't mean anything to me. Two, right. three, the whole four. Story. All, so and like when you're watching these shows, there's a beginning, middle and an end to each show. And there's something you learn in each show. And then mm-hmm. when I watch all 10, it all blurs together. So when they mm-hmm. reference something the next season about something that happened in episode five, you know, it's not as it doesn't con- it doesn't gel as well as it does it, mm-hmm. when I when I have that week to digest yeah. everything or okay, even maybe fair. watch it, watch it again, you know, but yeah. I agree. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it's give yeah, or take. Plus- yeah, like I'm watching Better Call Saul now. It's the final season, and it's one episode each week. And so after each episode, I like to like talk about it with people I know who watch it. Right. I like to um, read more about the episodes, like read um, reviews and stuff, and like behind the scenes for each episode. And you really can't do all that you know, when you're binge watching, and people are on different episodes. I mean, the only thing you right. really do is like if you binge watch it, ask somebody else who finished binge watching it, and you kind of talk right. about the whole entire season instead of talking about each episode. Right. But, you that know, even true. with Netflix, if they drop if they drop one a week, you can still go in 10 weeks later and binge watch them if you want to wait and you can watch mm-hmm. them all, you know, or watch them six months mm-hmm. down the road or whenever you want to watch. Yeah. them. So you can still be the best of both worlds, I think. Yeah. But I, I think it's really hurting. I heard one of the things that's hurting Netflix is that a lot of people will come in, you know, get Netflix for like one month, you know, binge watch, but they want to binge watch right. and then cancel it. 
instead of having like you know 10 weeks you'll need to you know over a couple of months you have yeah. to like um continue to um subscribe to netflix i mean then that would improve their business model if they wanted to do that too um so. well they, but they're the only ones right now that are doing that right they're the only ones that are doing uh well I, does, does Amazon do that, or are they with like the Amazon? Boys and stuff, no, they, Amazon, they, they, Amazon is a mixture of the two. Yeah, so they, they do. They'll do a couple. They'll drop a yeah. couple. But like, go like I thought that was, I thought that was Netflix's whole thing. It was like, they want you to subscribe so that you, so that you binge watch, so that you're, you're there for however long. Like that's, that's I thought that was time, like their, some series, I thought yeah. that was like their premise. Yeah, Netflix you know? and chill. Like, yeah, Netflix and chill binge. Like, like they have a. They have an option, like when you're scrolling through for like what to watch, right. and it's like it's binge worthy, binge worthy yeah. things like binge all at once or whatever. Right. Like, that's their that's their motto. Like that's their <laughs> that's their thing, right? Yeah, and it makes sense. Um, but but it gets so hard to it gets hard to avoid spoilers nowadays, though. That's the main thing, right? Spoilers. So uh, a show that a lot of people are looking forward to is Umbrella Academy season three. Yeah, just yes, offered a, I like that. a glimpse at the new timeline, um, and uh, it's all about the Sparrows, uh, the Sparrow Academy. It's a clever, oh right, fashionable yeah, yeah. group that clashes with the Umbrellas as soon as they enter the story. Um, and of course, um, Elliot Page. They decided. Um, to, yeah, what are they doing with that? So what they're doing with Vanya is now making Vanya Victor. So mm-hmm. um, Vanya transitions in season three. So, so they're a, they're Good adding that into the Him. they're adding that into the storyline. Yeah, yeah. The storyline. They they oh. thought about it, but they thought it just for her identity or his identity. Um, it would just be too difficult. Um, so they instead of having Elliot portray Vanya portray. Um, it's yeah. I guess he just decided to. Um, it's, yeah, I, I have a feeling that that's what Elliot wanted to. I don't know. Yeah, I, I I agree. And you know what? I'm okay with it. You know, as, as a fan, you know, whatever. That's fine with me. This particular instance doesn't seem to. Things are so fucked up in that show. Like, like, how the hell does Russia invade Texas? I mean, right. I don't fuck. <laughs> right. There's so much like going on, but as I, long it, as I, I see it. the comic book in it, so it's like yeah, right. I'm, all, I'm all over it, you know. Yeah. Is the so, monkey still a monkey? The monkey. That's all I care at the, about at at the moment. Good, good. I don't think the monkey's ch- changing into another prime. The only character I care good, good. about. Uh, let's see. Upcoming new shows on Netflix include Jeff Daniels, A Man is Full. Daniels plays Charlie, a polarizing Atlanta real estate mogul who faces sudden bankruptcy. Oh, and that's based on the Tom Wolf novel. They find exactly there. very, very, very good. General Zod. Wow. It's very yeah, nice. I remember reading that. I, I that, that's one of those like random books that I remember. Um, yeah. It was like like in like. Um, 1999 or 2000s when it was That's written, right. and it was all over the place. Like people were talking about it so much, and I remember finally sitting down and reading it. And wow, you read it? It wasn't a graphic novel or comic book. You actually no, said that. It, was a, it was a normal novel with like words. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't be surprised, General read something because it's not like surprising no, at no, all. No, yeah, I know, I know, but he typically does choose comic books. But uh, yeah. um, this this is <laughs> it's a good book. It's a it's a like it it it. It's I mean, a New York Times the, bestseller. Yeah, yeah, and it yeah. was. But I remember, I just remember, like, it's it's kind of a weird thing and kind of, you don't really see this much anymore with these kinds of novels. But 
I remember when it came out, Tom Wolf was all over the place. Like, you know, he was on yeah. all these like random magazine covers and okay. he wore this like all white suit and everything like that. You don't see that with any author anymore for right. anything but anyone but like, you know, something like Harry Potter or um like Judy Bloom. <laughs> yeah. Judy yeah. Bloom. Oh my goodness. Uh, and, but um uh, that's uh, that's wild that it took it only took like uh, almost 25 years before they made a movie. Out of it. Yeah, this this will be a series and David Kelly will be adapting um, the novel for the small screen. So OK, there'll be multiple episodes. Uh, your boys from Cobra Kai, um, the, the showrunners, that is, have um, announced a new comedy called Obliterated. It's a com- action comedy that tells the story of an elite special forces team. That thwarts a deadly threat to Las Vegas after the celebratory party filled with sex, drugs, and booze. <laughs> Already wow. interested now. Yeah. The, t- the team discovers that the tomb they have deactivated is fake. <laughs> mm-hmm. And now they're intoxicated and have to fight through impairments, overcome their personal issues, and find the real bomb and save the world, all while drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't get it's, too involved in other stuff. Six year bread and butter, Cobra Kai, right. spread too thin. Right. <laughs> you know, like that. Um, I know you didn't want you. You want them to perfect Cobra Kai and not mess yes, that up. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Don't be like um, what's his face from Family Guy who, who did like 18 series and all of them started sucking. Oh yeah, and all of them started getting bad. Seth MacFarlane. Yeah. Right? Oh, Seth he did too much. Yeah. He overworked yeah. himself and then the quality. You don't like of the, the Orville? Orville's really good. Nah, Chuck, I Chuck love the Orville. Started you know doing what? that. Started doing Cleveland. Started doing. Um, you know. You know what? American Dad. So much better once he like actually stepped back. American uh-huh. Dad. American Dad. American Dad's good he, too. Really it stayed great. good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it got it really was, good. Yeah, the first season of American Dad is awful. Well, they like, stopped they, it for a while too. They like did a it, season yeah. and then they pulled back and then they did another right. one and they pulled back and now they went full force. And then the latter stuff, I don't know if it's still there, but right. Yeah, it's on. It's on, on TBS now. It's on TBS, so it doesn't. Yeah, it's really on TBS. Get, yeah, it doesn't really get. Wait, the show's it. still on. Yeah, it's still on. They still make new episodes of it. What season is this? I, I thought it was gone like ten years ago. No, it's I don't know what yeah. number season it is, but every once in a while, like I'll be flipping through, I'll be like, huh, American Dad, and I'll flip it on, and it's a, it's like a newer episode made within the last like five years or so, and they're legitimately good, like every time. Not good enough for me to like sit down and watch it every mm-hmm. week, but it's still right. like it's still like they're better than I remembered that show being because I okay. hated that show when it first came Interesting. out. Yeah, me too. All right. Um, and let's take a classic cut break very soon. And two more things on Netflix. One is a Spice Girls reunion. Morgan, I know you're a fan of the Spice Girls. But uh, basically, it's on a show <laughs> called The Circle on Netflix. It's a it's a catfishing challenge show. I love uh, this show. With Melanie Brown, yeah. But they're going to have Emma Bunton, Baby Spice, join her uh, for the season two premiere. Uh, so, so is bas- it a- is it a reunion of all of them or just the well two, i guess stars? i guess for now just the two so yeah two i don't think that's happening <laughs> so and basically it's a catfish show it's a catfish show so the uh, the majority of the eight contestants uh competing on the circle for a chance to increase the the prize fund by fifty thousand to a whopping one hundred and fifty thousand. Hmm. so they really missed the boat in not, not calling it um circle jerk <laughs> 
<laughs> oh my god and of course <laughs> space force canceled after two seasons on netflix so we're not going to get steve carell's uh I'm not surprised work space work workforce like comedy it, in space <laughs> that's another show that i really disliked when i first saw like that when mm-hmm. the first two episodes i did not yeah. like but it no. actually when but i actually grew sat on down, you yeah and watched the rest I of liked it, it like, yeah yeah, yeah. See, that's so why I'm I, always trying to avoid new series. Like, unless it's something that I know that I'm definitely going to love, like Cobra Kai or whatever. Yeah. Like, because so many ones get canceled or just totally fall apart after the first season. Get but there, so were, now, there was a lot of star power with Space Force. Yes. So yes. many. Oh, God. Steve Carell, Jimmy O. Wang, um, uh, what's her name? Uh, Lisa Kudrow. Mm-hmm. Ben Schwartz. You're probably going to see a bunch of John Malkovich. Bunch of John Malkovich. Yeah, John God. Malkovich. Yeah. And then they they also had like uh, a lot of cameos from a lot of like well-established comics yeah. too. Mm-hmm. Like, it was uh, funny. I liked it. Yeah. You're probably going to see more and more series on Netflix getting canceled just to try to save yeah. money now. It's a shame because everyone wants our closure, and then wants that episode to wrap the story up. We we, we talked about Glow. Yeah. And now yeah since they screwed me on Glow, I'm I'm still pissed. Exactly. Well, with, with you being pissed, let's go ahead and take a classic cut break, guys. Right, good. <laughs> um, good so um, tonight there is no uh, special call and guest. We are just playing two more incredible on-location interviews at Philadelphia Fan Expo. And a very, very brief mini interview. I talked to Ming Na Wen, guys. Best known. Well, wow. she's best known for yeah. many things. Mulan. Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Awesome. And, of course, The Mandalorian and The Book of Boba Fett. I get really two questions uh, in this very, very quick interview that we're going to be playing right after Chachi's classic cut. But I'm sure, Chachi, you want to hear your theme song, right? Well, everybody does. Okay, here we go. All right. Especially General. Where my dog's at. It is time for King Chachi's classic cuts. Holla at your boy. That's right, Chachi in charge once again for Chachi's classic cut where I go back into the archives and handpick an old song. And this week it's going to be a little newer than. I usually pick. Usually it's from the 80s, 90s. Mm-hmm. This week it's from the, the O's, the aughts. The, what decade is that? Aughts. 2000s? 2000s? Yeah. You know what's weird? Like, like, back in the day, like the decades were a huge thing, like the 80s, 90s, 70s, 50s, 60s. Um, it was always, you know, a whole decade defined um, what, you know, what it was about you know in these 10 10 year chunks and we kind of got away from that like i it's like the 20s now and no one really refers to this at the 20s really that i've heard or the yeah. um 10s or whatever that we went through it's the roaring 20s now i guess revisited yeah, it's like, but it's like you know i guess it's terrible times nobody wants to like you know celebrate this decade <laughs> but but on that note <laughs> over the weekend like <laughs> i know you and i um Al had a great time. Oh my God, we're gonna get into that, of course. Yes. Yeah, we get White into House that. Course, we'll, dinner. Yes. Yeah. Yep. But one of the people who we've interviewed, and we're gonna be playing her interview on an upcoming show. 
That's right. But it was um, Katie um, Tun- Tunstall. I used to pronounce it. Right. Katie Tunstall. Yeah. And she is known for that song, Black Horse and a Cherry Tree, mm-hmm. which I'm sure most people heard a million times. Even if you don't know, the artist herself is a very popular song, and it's been covered a ton in all the singing competition shows, like American Idol and right. probably The Voice. This song is actually from 2005. So um, here it is. Um, and once you hear the song, you're like, oh, yeah, I know that song. And this is um, Black Horse and the Cherry Tree, and we'll talk more about Katie later on in the show. That's right. We talk about the Creative Coalition and uh, their pre-event for the White House Correspondents' Dinner. Um, also, sadly, we have to say goodbye to Kenny Hopkins. He just informed me that he's going to be dipping out of tonight's broadcast. It was fun, guys. I appreciate you guys having me on again. And, uh, dude, talk anytime. Talk Star Wars. Love talking Star yeah. Wars. Love talking Marvel. Love talking nerd stuff. That's right. <laughs> That's right, and that's why we're here. And uh, look forward to a uh, really quick, Kenny, a, a plug for That Was Disappointing. Yeah, that was disappointing.com. Uh, we've got a little podcast over there uh, picking up some traction. And uh, if you like dark comedy type stuff, uh, definitely check us out. And all the streaming platforms. And I believe yours truly will be making an appearance uh, for an upcoming yeah. episode. Yeah, we're doing um, wrestling in a couple weeks. So, yeah. <laughs> I guess I'm I'm the subject matter expert, right? Well, uh, yeah, you, you and my boy Kevin, uh, you guys are, are, are my two wrestling guys. So. All right. Well, Kenny, we appreciate you uh, being on the panel for the May the 4th Be With You episode of BTV. Yeah, guys, May the 4th Be yeah. With You. Awesome. Thank you. See you, Kenny. Take care. Bye. All right. So here's the classic cut, followed by our very brief interview with Ming-Na Wen. Fennec Shan from The Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett will be back here on BTB. The big black car said, look this way. He said, hey, Landy, will you marry me? Ooh, 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 ooh. But I said, no, 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 no. I said, no, no, you're not the one for me. No, 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 no. I said, no, no, you're not the one for me. My podcast, my question? Yeah. Oh! <laughs> I'm Puss. Okay. Awesome. First of all, Ming-Na Wen, um, you're amazing. We're one of my favorite characters in Star Wars. Question, how was it like working with Robert Rodriguez as a director, who's one of my favorite directors? Oh, he's tremendous. You know, it, it's kind of it's kind of tough because he does everything so well, whether it's drawing, whether it's music, whether it's directing, whether it's producing, and uh, he can cook. You're the voice of the mayor. Yeah, so <laughs> I, I just adore him and he offers so much you know and he's so talented and he raises the bar every single day awesome what can you tell us about Mandalorian season 3 um watch it when it comes (laughs) thank you awesome thank you so much wow black horse and the cherry tree and what a great quickie interview with Ming-Na Wen um she obviously can't tell us about Mandalorian season 3 so she kind of laughed that one off but it was nice to hear about director Robert Rodriguez because he is a very seasoned director and definitely one of my favorites and uh she was really really nice wasn't she Chachi we got to talk with her she was really nice yes the Philadelphia Fan Expo yeah yeah lots of great encounters Chachi we'll be getting that a little bit later in the countdown um continuing on with number 10 is HBO Max they're going to do a Peacemaker spinoff centered on Viola Davis's Amanda Waller character 
interesting. I mean, she's a phenomenal actress, Viola Davis. Um, mm-hmm. And it's going to be in good hands as Watchmen writer Crystal Henry will write and executive produce. And uh, I think it'll be great. I mean, of course, you got to have some cameos with the Suicide Squad members that did survive. I know there's not many. Um, <laughs> remind me which Suicide Squad members made it out. It was Ratcatcher, Idris Elba, and Peacemaker, right? Were there the only three? I think there's, a, well, Harley Quinn, too. And Harley Quinn, yeah. Thank you. I think those are the only four that made it out of that movie. So did the shark die? Did the shark die? I'm trying to remember now. I thought he got hurt, but I thought he lived. I don't remember. Oh well. Could be I could be wrong though. Yeah, we gotta revisit that. I'm not sure about that. <laughs> but yeah, I think it will do great as long as you get some of those uh characters in the Suicide Squad movie to to guest star. I think it will be So big... so is James Gunn um attached to this at all or um is it That's a good question. Um so uh, so far um uh James Gunn is not attached, um, but it's gonna be uh Crystal Henry who's actually writing and executive producing. So okay. Crystal Henry will be the showrunner. Um, because as you know, yeah, I mean, my God, Peacemaker was a fantastic series. And, you know, James Gunn is kind of like what John Favreau was to Star Wars. He's kind of the guy that can save DC, I think, you know? Yeah. 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 He's, he's definitely kind of like superhero royalty now. Exactly. <laughs> uh, number 11 on my list, guys. Uh, the We talked about it last week and it was big news that Carol – um, the Carol character from Walking Dead, Melissa McBride, has stepped down from the spinoff, um, which is supposed to be the Daryl and Carol spinoff. And apparently, um, Norman Reedus got a lot of backlash from fans, like on social, like a lot of hate, hateful comments on social media, thinking that it was his fault because basically, Melissa McBride did not want to shoot in Europe; she was done. And um, apparently. All the fans, being very ignorant and jumping the gun, said, "Oh, it's Daryl. Mm. You know, it's Daryl's fault. It's Norman Reedus's fault because he wants the show to be in Europe, and you know, Melissa McBride didn't want it. But basically, it's simple. Uh, Melissa McBride could not participate because relocating Europe was logistically in- untenable. And there's, it's, and they said also it's inappropriate to direct negativity towards another cast member." Uh, for something that he had nothing to do with. And then Jeffrey Dean Morgan said the same thing, you know, pretty much uh, told you know fans to stop bothering um, you know, Norman Reedus on his social media and, and putting hateful comments because they really think it's all about Norman Reedus. But it's not. It's not. It's just simply she really needs a break. I mean, she's been doing this show for, what, 11 seasons, you know? She's been there since day one. Um and if she just, you know, she thinks that, you know, shooting in in, in Europe is just not <laughs> after wrapping, you know, a very long 11th and final season of Walking Dead. I mean, you know, so basically it's going to just be a Daryl centered spinoff in Europe. Well, like, like you think that he like he picked Europe like normal. Right. Like... Right. That's what some of these stupid fans think and are yeah. leaving. Hate hateful comments because they think it's all yeah. about Norman Reedus, but whoever happened did, did us all a favor because I don't think anybody really cared about Daryl and Carol spinoff. <laughs> you know? I, mean, I mean, if anything, maybe like a few years down the road, like mm-hmm. like like four years down the road, it'd be like They're okay, it'd be cool production. to revisit them yeah. or whatever. But like nobody, people are oh. done with Walking Dead. It's too much Walking Dead. 
They have, I mean, so how many people who are clamoring for Walking Dead or the people making money off of it? Nobody else is clamoring and like, oh, we need more spinoffs. We need more um, mm-hmm. sequels. You know, I don't think any of the fans are actually saying that. You know, I mean, it's been I, mean on for, I, I have to be honest. I am, am going to I am going to, well, it's 11 seasons, but I'm, I'm, you know, but it's three parts of an 11 season. I will, I will definitely be tuning into the Isle of the Dead with Jeffrey D. Morgan and Lauren Cohen. And I will be tuning into this, you know, because there's, there's a lot of storylines that still have to be resolved, you know, Rick Grimes. So, you know, they're going to, that's not going to be resolved in the final season. So. Well, where are his damn movies at? That's the thing. (laughs) (laughs) They're, they're focusing on these two. Spinoffs is just going to push that a little bit further. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we'll see, man. All right, number 12 on my list is Paramount Plus. Wow, Paramount Plus is really getting the subscribers now. 62 million. And I got to talk very positively about Paramount Plus because they host a hell of a party. <laughs> right, Chachi? Oh, yeah. They host a hell of a party. But uh, 62 million subscribers at the end of the first quarter, which is pretty impressive. Wow. They're also adding a Jackass series on in the works. Um, but no details uh, available whether Johnny Knoxville and the original cast members will be appearing. But, yeah, of course, based on the success of Jackass Forever. Makes sense for them to do it. Uh, over on Peacock, so Bel Air doing very well despite the controversy with Will Smith, you know, slapping the shit out of Chris Rock at the Oscars. But it's actually the most streamed show on Peacock. Ooh. Total of 8 million accounts um, have uh, have watched this um the series and the reviews are positive. Um, and of course they already have a season two um, that's in the works as well. Question is, I'm wondering how the whole Will Smith controversy will factor into a uh, season two, but uh, apparently no, it didn't really hurt, you know, the story of that's which good. is the fresh Prince of Bel Air, not Will Smith, you know? Yeah. I mean, he's not on it, so it's not going to be a big deal. I don't think. Yeah. Um, so, uh, number 14 is interesting because it actually ties into, uh, the creative coalition event. Uh, well, where I got to meet the beautiful Katie Lotz who plays white canary, Laurel Lance on DC's legends of tomorrow. Interesting enough, when I was interviewing her at the creative coalition event, she said, she kind of shrugged her shoulders, gave me an odd look after I asked about the possibility of season eight, because it hadn't been green lit yet. Moments later, the article just dropped that they canceled Batwoman and and Legends canceled Legends of Tomorrow. Zod, are you disappointed to hear that they've canceled those shows? I am. I mean, I I didn't really watch Batwoman. I don't know. I tried to get into it. I it was difficult to. I didn't really... <laughs> right. <laughs> and, uh... Plus, they switched two uh, lead actresses. You know, within yeah. One yeah, but but Legends I was your favorite, right? I, I absolutely love Legends of Tomorrow, and exactly. it, it's a shame that that's uh, that that's been canceled because that was such a fun show. And you know, they, you know, one of the things I really liked about it, and it was, um, <clears throat> it was they didn't. It's not one of those shows that felt so beholden to the source material. They like went right. and like such insane directions and it was so silly sometimes and so just mm. crazy and yeah it, it, yeah, it they relied be... on the humor aspect which mm-hmm. you know you only really got to see a lot of that in the suicide squad which is super uh, super violent as well but also um the harley quinn uh animated series yeah. so 
it's good to see some good humor kind of mixed in with your superhero mm-hmm. lore, right? Yeah. But it will be missed, and you know, I feel bad for Katie because I, we saw her at the after party, right, Chach? And I talked yeah, we did. to Katie. And I was like, you know what? I just found out your show was canceled. I was like, yeah, I know. I couldn't say anything at the time because the article, I guess, hadn't uh, been released yet. And then it shortly, mm. you know, later that evening, it got released. So I guess, anyways, um, uh, we're getting to that uh, amazing event. But real quick, number fifteen is uh, American Idol marked its twentieth anniversary, a twentieth birthday. Wow. Well. They had a great idol reunion this past Monday. They brought back some favorites such as uh, Tamira Gray, Justin Guarini, Brooke White, Anthony mm-hmm. Federoff. They brought back Ryan Seacrest's frosted hair. <laughs> and <laughs> of all cont- of all contestants, William Hung did uh, She Bangs, oh. She Bangs. Oh, my God. Along with <laughs> the former judges, Paula Abdul and Randy Jackson. Um but no Simon Cowell, you know, because, you know, obviously the new judges are Katy Perry and Lionel Richie and Luke Perry. So, um, yeah, well, I mean, he's doing America's Got Talent. Luke Bryan. Yeah, he's Not, on the other show. Yeah, he's on the other show. Exactly. So he can't. Do you know, that. but that 20 seasons, I mean, that means that means there's been eight good years of American Idol. It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy to see. I'm surprised it's still on. Yeah. Yeah, they only had a most successful like person oh, Kelly Clarkson. Kelly no. Clarkson. I would say no, Carrie no. Underwood. Carrie Underwood. Who? Carrie Underwood. Oh yeah. Well well Kelly Clarkson's got her own show. She would be the second. But I think Carrie you know Underwood, what? yes. Um yeah. but those are yeah, those would be the top two. And I guess um, that's Adam it. Lambert uh, was, had some success. Kinda. Oh yeah, well he's the lead of Queen. Songs. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh I mean, yeah. Like Dave Aiken. Cook and the Daughtry had some success. Justin Justin Guarini, who was the runner-up, right? And Kelly Clarkson, he's on Broadway, and he's mm-hmm. the Dr Pepper man, like the little man that's like, yeah, sing, that's him. That's right. I did not know that. that. Uh huh. Because wow. yeah. I saw I saw him when I saw the Britney Spears musical mm-hmm. in dc he was like the lead and i'm like who is this man and i looked in the program mm-hmm. i was like oh my god it's justin guarini like <laughs> yeah also let's not forget con- clay aiken so ran for congress or something right clay aiken ran for congress yeah uh, uh constantine maroulis uh was a big broadway star oh, yeah who's actually been he on was, the belt show and he great. was from baltimore i met him he's from jersey he from ba- constantine oh, really? Maroulis, the greek guy yeah he's not from baltimore He's I thought he was from like Greek Town. That's right. I, <laughs> I met him at some Greek festival in Baltimore. Oh yeah, so he I... probably showed up for. He probably had some relatives. Oh, okay. Anywho. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. And speaking of American Idol, there was a contestant that performed named Lane Hardy from season 17. He actually performed on that show, but he was actually arrested recently for spying on his ex-girlfriend. He installed one of those uh, monitoring. Oh my God. At, yeah. at her uh, college dorm room after they broke up. And according to uh, the documents, um, the like his ex and the roommate found the device under her futon, determined it was a VR 500 voice-activated recorder, and they turned it over to the police, and they they heard like his indistinguishable uh, distinguishable voice. voice. It's um, crazy. Yeah. So <laughs> was he on the reunion show? And he was on the reunion show. That's what makes it more bizarre. He was? Okay. He was. He was. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that crazy that he was on there? Yeah. So season 17 winner Lane Hardy, who recently was arrested, 
Um, uh, yeah, he had a performance with fifth place alum Lacey K. Booth, and they sang Stevie Nicks and Tom Petty's duet, Stop Dragging My Heart Around. <laughs> His girlfriend's still in college? His girlfriend's still in college, yeah. Wow. <laughs> she's really young. She's on like a 10 year plan. <laughs> I mean, well, he, that was season 17, so they're what, season 20 oh. now? So he's only what? Right. Yeah, he's only like. Oh, okay. 28 maybe i don't know something like that because like five years from college i guess <laughs> all right number 16 is the white house correspondence dinner so we Chachi, we had quite an event man uh, we had the creative coalition uh started with that event on friday uh which was you know our favorite organizations was because it's all about endowment for the arts um endorsing funding federal funding for these arts programs that get the first programs that get cut from schools and every year, well, because two years of COVID, we didn't have a, an event um, in person, but we finally had one. And they always have it ahead of the White House Correspondence Dinner. They have an amazing uh, red carpet, well, purple carpet, technically. And they hosted a great dinner at the Yotel Hotel in D.C., Josh. So, Yotel Motel. The Yotel Motel <laughs> Holiday Inn. Holiday Inn. Our friend uh, Shannon Lanier, who is a, a filmmaker and director and uh, editor extraordinaire. Um, who is also the DP of the film Harvey with our friend John Alonzo, uh, did uh, handle camera duties for us, which is awesome. And um, some of the, the celebrities that we got to interview, uh, wow, that we're going to be hearing on Below the Belt show include Justin Bartha from National Treasure, Katie Lotz, my gosh, Mario Van Peoples. Oh, my God. Awesome. Wow. Tim Daly, uh, the president of the Creative Coalition himself, who was on Madam Secretary. KT Tunstall, who we just heard the classic cut from. We got we did. Her. Julian, oh, I know Zod will like this one. Julian Casablancas from The Strokes, dude. Oh, wow. Yes. Nice. <laughs> and a very bizarre <laughs> brief interview. I got to talk to him. Um, Kyla, Kyla Pratt from... Um, mm-hmm. She's on that show with um, what's that girl's name from Big Bang Theory who hosts Jeopardy? Mayim Bialik's show, Call Me Cat. Yeah. Um, wow, just to name a few. Uh, who else did we interview, Chach, that I didn't mention? Oh, the kid from um, Young Sheldon. Young Young Sheldon, Ian oh, wow. Armitage. Wow. So all those interviews cool. um, will be really cool. Kid. Uh, We'll be featuring uh, an upcoming episodes of Below the Belt show. Um, we got to stick around for the dinner which was uh, really good. Very, very, um, very delicious. And uh, after that, we got to check out the People magazine Funny or Die Party on Friday night, which was a lot of fun. Uh, the next day was the uh, White House Correspondence. We got to check out the opening reception that was hosted by Politico and USA Today. Um, Chacha, who do we meet? My gosh, we met. Well, uh, well I mean, this is the first time it's been back. Um, yeah. Few years it was off the last couple of years because of covid and even right. like you know during the trump years there really weren't um many celebrities at all so this is like kind of the first time since the obama administration that it was kind of back in, in full force know. now i want to say full force it wasn't like it wasn't you know i mean celebrities swarmed for obama you know so it was it was back it was and there was a decent amount of celebrities it was good, it was good. It was, yeah it was yeah. good it, but yeah, we you, nowhere you near guys look like here. you met a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. well, I guess let's talk about some of the people we interacted. Um, Don Lemon, which apparently got the the, the 
a lot of vitriol from uh, some of my conservative uh, quote-unquote friends on, on social media commenting about Don Lemon. Yeah, um, some <laughs> friends you got. I read some of those comments. I was like, yeah, my eye could my eyes couldn't roll any more than uh, than they did. Right, and things things of that nature, vomit emoticons, things that, like yeah, that. Yeah, but, I mean, but you I know mean, what? I got similar comments yeah. when I posted Kellyanne Conway from a couple of years ago. So it, right. it just yeah. seems like there's certain individuals from the left and the right that just cannot Correct. get certain um, political figures, you know. And he's right. not a yeah. figure; he's a journalist that is very, very, very left leaning. Um, but uh, you know, it was very vocal with his displeasure of Trump. But uh, yeah, I mean, it got, it got a lot of hate. Um, uh, another one in particular. Well, we'll get into that one in a minute. So who else did we meet? We met uh, Drew Barrymore. Drew Barrymore is um, awesome. She's oh probably the top God. person I wanted to meet. Yeah, that that's weekend. amazing. You've you've loved her since ET, haven't you? It's ET, yes. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, Brooke Shields, who still looks amazing. We met Brooke her. Shields, her yeah, she was yep. great. Yes. We met uh, Harry Hamlin and his daughter as well lovely daughter and he joked with me he's yeah, like yeah a lot of people pretty. were thinking this is my girlfriend but it's my daughter man it's like you're still with lisa right he's like yeah i'm still with lisa <laughs> and he's referring to lisa rinna uh who is uh harry hamlin's wife well you never uh, know because like when i saw eddie money with his daughter like i thought that was his um girlfriend or uh, wife <laughs> so you never know with these celebrities if they're wife right. or daughter <laughs> um we saw um kevin McHale from glee which is interesting enough, he plays a handicapped kid uh, character on Glee. I'm wondering with today's oh, mm-hmm. very sensitive, um, you know, politically correct climate, could he play a character like that again? Well, uh, I mean, is the voice of Joe on uh, Family Guy? Is he in a wheelchair? He's not in a wheelchair, no. He's got a life. See, that's no. Right. Yeah. And that's the thing. Cleveland wasn't black either. So the Mike Henry, the voice of Cleveland. Oh, one of my favorites uh, that we met was Sophia Bush, Chachi. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. She looked lovely. Sophia Bush is absolutely amazing. She's so sweet. I mean, I've loved her since One Tree Hill. She's had a lot of success in Chicago PE, and she's got a new show called Good Sam. Um, but then, Chachi, where did we go after the White House course? Yeah, well, we saw, we saw Pete Davidson and um, Kim Kardashian. Oh, yeah. And, I forgot about that. In their first um, public <laughs> appearance together. Is that their first pu- no? Is that that's not their first public appearance? I think it's the first time they walked the red carpet together. Really, I didn't know yeah. that. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, the first like public uh, event. Know, we, um, we, but they we got saw them, we saw them come out. Um, yeah, they got swarmed. But they were swarmed. They were, like it's interesting. So many celebrities. <clears throat> there. The other celebrities didn't get swarmed yeah. to the to well, the magnitude that Kim and Pete did. And yeah, they, got they swarmed were on more out. than anybody else. I tried to talk to Pete. Like, bro, I really got a piss. <laughs> yeah. That's what he said. I love. I love him. We're trying him. to talk to him, and he's just—I really got at this. So, neither yeah, to I say saw, we didn't get to meet them. Uh, well, we met yeah, them. But, but I, I saw—I saw an article that he just got her uh, the initials of her kids tattooed on, like. Oh God! So that's so fucking. I thought it. I thought so he weird. got her name. I didn't know he got the kids. The kids is her, taking it way too far. Those are her not, and the kids. Yeah. That's just he's an, I mean, he's, he's just. An, he's he, really poking. He's a lot. Kanye. He's a lot. He's oh a, yeah. He's, yeah. Kanye's already crazy. You're gonna put the kids' names tattooed, dude. I think. Kanye's I think that's a lot. He's gonna beat no, his but, ass. No, but how long have they been together for? Not that that long. Not long. Somebody's, and he's gonna tattoo the kids. 
right. girlfriend's kids on a tattoo. But he also has all kinds of weird tattoos. But yeah, that. Mm-hmm. I don't care if he has a million bizarre. tattoos. You're still putting your girlfriend's kids' initials on you, which is very weird. Because probably, you know, he probably has tattoos commemorating like all of his all ex-tattoos. of his girlfriends. Yeah. Right. So like this, this is weird too. With Kate but Ariana Grande. Yeah, I can see if they got show. married. You know, if they got married, he wanted to show like, okay, well, these kids are like my kids now. Um, I'll take mm-hmm. responsibility. And I'll get the tattoo then. I mean, okay, that makes sense. But if you're staying somebody, right. you could break up tomorrow, especially in Kim Kardashian's case. Like, it's mm-hmm. kind of weird to put something permanent on your body for some kids that aren't yours, and that could probably get you, um, you know, have um, you know Kanye do an O.J. Simpson on you. <laughs> That's like, what. <laughs> He he's already a loose cannon, and you're giving yeah. him reason to do something crazy. So, Pete, I would stop, stop just messing with the kids. Just don't do it, dude. Stop doing. I mean, it, I mean, I mean, is her badge that good? Where you, you're putting her kids' um, initials on you after this dating? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, like it's just him in the Met yeah. Gala talk uh, uh, shortly. Um, what else did we see? Because we we got to wrap this up. Um, so um, after the White House correspondence, we went to receptions. We we waited patiently after the dinner. And got to talk to more people. But where did we go after? We went across oh. the street to Calamara uh, at the French Embassy for the Paramount Plus Showtime. Just incredible after party. Um, yeah, that was the first time at this after party. This was the uh, former Vanity Fair party that yeah. was like the premier party they had every um, White House correspondence party to get uh, weekend. Into, yes. um, and uh, beautiful, beautiful mansion. Like, I mean, this is. <laughs> This is the way to live. It was you amazing. Know, open bar, fully so, catered, like red carpet. Um, the red carpet was awesome. The, the food, the food was fantastic. They had uh, all kinds of those. Um, what are those sandwiches with the the the, the bowels? The, the, they have the, uh, the bow bun. Bow buns. Thank you. They're filled with different fillings. They had a vegan one, of course, and a chicken one, and um, you know, of course, we see a lot of the same celebrities that we've encountered already there. Like Sophia Bush, KT Tunstall. Um, but there was one that we hadn't seen before. That's Billy Eichner. Billy Eichner yeah. was there. And, uh, um, got to chat with him for a little while. He's got a new movie called Bros coming out. It's the first romantic comedy with an all gay cast, which I guess is a first for like a major studio. Oh, is he gay? He's gay. Billy Eichner's oh, gay. I couldn't tell. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> sarcasm running wild. No, but it's funny because I was wearing a fedora and like mm-hmm. in the last um, American Crime Story um, impeachment, you know, he played um, um, Matt Drudge, who wears yes. a fedora. So I said I was trying to go for the Matt Drudge look. Oh, wait, mm. did, he, did he pop for it? No, he laughed, yeah. <laughs> well, all right. I got to tell a story of someone I made laugh, and that's uh, Jen Psaki. Um, you know, she gets a, a lot of vitriol from the conservative friends, of course. But I'll tell you what, she cleans up really nice. Like we're, I'm just used to seeing her with the side parted hair, no makeup, very plain, but very smart and very sassy. Like she's she's very, she has to have very tough skin to do what she does because she she has to deal with a lot. She I mean she speak on behalf of Biden, of our president, and uh, she looked. Dare I say, very attractive that night. I can't lie. She looked very attractive, and uh, you know, I, I kind of joke we were talking. With her, you know, told her about my podcast, of course. I asked her what she thought of um, James Austin from Saturday Night Live, who does the the Biden and the Trump impression. And she she said, "Oh no, I haven't seen it yet." And then I I made a comment about, well, I wanted to get a uh, I figured the sake bomb would be on the the uh, <laughs> on the 
cocktail menu, you know, they especially cocktails. And of course, you know, I've heard that sake bomb joke before, but it was in a it presented, <laughs> delivered, delivered in a different way. And I made her laugh. And then she said, That's uh, <laughs> so that was yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, and we saw um, Brooke Shields again at the um, after party. And yes. And she like changed from her um, gown to just um, jeans and a t-shirt. Which, <laughs> which I thought was cool. very interesting, right? Yeah, it's more it's of her iconic look. I asked her, she's yeah. wearing yeah, Calvin Klein jeans, which mm-hmm. she uh, wore in the iconic ad um, that right. launched her into um, superstardom, really. And she said, like, no, she's like, now I'm sponsored by Jordash, so she's wearing Jordash jeans. <laughs> <laughs> Good for her. But very the one nice. thing we were treated to was uh, KT Tunstall's piano performance, because they had a piano at the at the um, at the mansion. At the uh, ambassador's house, and uh, she, yeah, she's quite the performer. Like, I knew she was a great guitarist, singer songwriter. She got behind that piano and just, just you know, performed That's very, awesome. very awesome. Yeah, it is all impromptu. They're kind of like um, her and yeah. a couple of other like clubs are trying to like coax each other to get up on the piano yeah. and start playing. And she decided to do it. You know, she's no wallflower at all. Her. Not a wallflower. Yeah. Cool piano version of Boys of Summer. Oh, it was really so enjoyed. good, wasn't it? Yeah. Are we allowed to upload that one? <laughs> I don't know if it's considered okay. a private event, but um, but another cool thing was Jason Isaac. I think um, initially started playing piano, and yeah. then I think that's you know he's like, oh no, nah, I'm not gonna do it anymore. And then you know Katie kind of took over. But I'll tell you what, Jason Jason Isaac was really we talked. I I think he forgot about that awkward interview from a few years ago that we had. How's he, why is he gonna remember that? <laughs> but, at the time, I didn't know who he was. I wasn't familiar with his work, but now I'm very familiar. Of course, he's Lucius Malfoy from the Harry Potter movies. and uh, love him. And he's in Star Trek uh, Discovery, and he's got that new show called Good Sam, and a uh, great British actor. Got to chat with him a little bit as well. So, well, it was a great White House correspondence dinner. I, I feel like I'm still recovering. Oh, my um, God, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, I think we got home at like 5 in the morning. It was a good party. Yeah, I was definitely paying the price the next day. Um, But but really quickly, the actual I'll tell you, the actual um, monologues, both from Joe Biden and Trevor Noah were great. Joe Biden's got really community cover. I mean, he was talking about you're you're being very generous. Oh, well, he I thought he did a great job. I mean, he had a lot of zingers in there. Joe talked about, Yeah. yeah, we had all we had years and years of plague followed by two years of COVID. So he's in part implying that the four years of plague was Donald Trump's administration. Yeah. <laughs> it was a really funny joke. Yeah, I mean, his, I mean, his delivery was nowhere near as good as um, Obama or even George W. Bush's was Okay. for those dinners. Okay. Right. Yeah. It, but, you know, it, it, you, know he, you know, he gave it a shot. And Trevor yeah. Noah, you know, is great because he said that Biden's approval, approval ratings go up when he's standing next to a biracial African. So <laughs> I can't. <laughs> you can't. So he's a <laughs> and, and dude, Trevor Noah did the best um Donald Trump uh impression. He was really good. He, he had the voice. Oh, yeah, he sounded like him. Yeah. He, he always does him. Yeah. Yeah. And he also did uh Obama, which was good, but yeah, he really nailed the Trump um impersonation. Um, but, uh, it was fun, you know, it was, again, it was good to see, I mean, it was a two year absence. We didn't have the White House correspondence. So, yeah. yeah. Um, and, uh, we should move on guys. Number 17 is the Met Gala. So it's interesting that we went to where Pete Davidson and Kim were the night before, you know, which is crazy. Oh yeah. Well, actually two nights before, technically, because she, they were in DC on Saturday. 
two nights later, they're in New York City on the red carpet for the Met Gala 2022 um, Gilded Glamour theme, uh, Lexicon of Fashion theme. Um, and, um, of course, Kim Kardashian wearing Marilyn Monroe's iconic dress, the happy birthday dress that, he, that she sang happy birthday to John F. Kennedy, that they actually removed mm-hmm. from the Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum. Apparently, supposedly there was altered because it couldn't get it, she couldn't fit her fat butt into uh, the original. Um, even though she'd been dieting, exercising, trying to lose weight to get into the dress. Wait, wait, that was her story. Yeah, I don't. Apparently, I don't think they altered it. I thought she did not alter. Lose she lost. 16, the weight, yeah, she did. But she, she lost sixteen pounds. She couldn't close the back because of her butt. So, so what they did was they had a coat. She wore a coat over the the original dress. Right. And then she switched into the replica dress. Yeah, she, yeah, so she changed the replica dress, immediately after. The, okay. Well, the I replica thought. dress fit her butt, you know, because she's got a big ass. I mean, she, even though she didn't well, lose right. to try to fit in the dress, they had to well, cover. That, well, you get yes, I mean, you'll have a big ass when you pay money to have a big ass. Correct. Yeah, she you did pay fit, for that ass, didn't she? Has she? Fill, she has filler and stuff. I mean, you can do implants, but I, I'm pretty sure she has filler injected from prior times and it can still be injected because that's one of those things that like can dissolve from your body like that's what they do nowadays so they say right. i didn't I have surgery fat, yeah i thought she had fat inject in- injections still doesn't mean surgery that's why be, that's why they get away with saying i didn't have plastic surgery because you're not having uh, something implanted into you it's just an injection uh, but but yeah i saw i've seen that dress in person because i've I do work with Ripley's, believe it or not, like in oh. um, Orlando every oh, cool. every November with Sarah and Jim. So you've seen that dress behind the yes. glass? Yes. Mm-hmm. Wow. Did you believe it or not? I uh, believe no it. Yes. <laughs> well, Morgan Fab, it's kind I of did. a dick move. It's kind of a dick move to put an iconic dress on somebody yeah. and have them parade around at a. I mean, that's like that's probably one of the most iconic dresses. You know. Next I, I guess. To, uh, I guess I mean, I That's like the Monica Lewinsky's blue stain dress. No, but I mean, it's like I, I, think, be, you know, I think Kim should have worn that instead. <laughs> I, mean, I could get stained or whatever. Someone could spill something on it. You know, I mean, yeah. like it'd be like wearing like well, well, Judy Garland's she, um, Ruby slippers out. You know, to the Met Gala at the dinner. I was she told she, she got out of the, yeah she got out of the car, walked the carpet, and then immediately after they changed it and they had okay. whoever from mm-hmm. Ripley's to package it up and take it back like. That whole thing. Aren't those dresses like real brittle, like those old dresses like that? Yes. Okay. Yes. Well, Morgan Fab, I wanted to ask your thoughts on on the Met Gala and some of your standouts. Um, I mean, who who who, who rocked thought, it? I really liked that Kim wore the dress. I thought she looked great. I mean, I okay. love that dress. I love Marilyn Monroe. Um, I really liked Cardi B's Versace like gold chain thing. Um, Simone Ashley from Bridgerton looked really great. Um, and then How about Blake Kaya. Lively. Blake Lively apparently got some of the, the the most praise for her Statue of Liberty dress. Lucky were that. I like. Huh? I liked it. I wasn't. I wasn't like wow, but blown away. I gotcha. But um, I gotcha. but I really like. I thought um. Uh, what's Courtney Kardashian and yes, uh, what's his that Travis Barker, whatever Travis Barker, yeah, it looked terrible. 
I also did not like Gigi Hadid's big red puffy coat and outfit. Um, <laughs> and then some of the dudes, like Bad Bunny. Oh, yeah, what the was, hell was that? Who's wearing a dress? I don't know. Right? Look it up. It was terrible. And also Lenny Kravitz. I, I, I have to say no to him. Like the guys <laughs> that look best to me are people that are wearing a classic tux or know, like okay, something okay. that's something that's like fitted like um what's his name henry golding looked yeah. great sean mendez reggie jean from bridgerton okay um, i don't know i just feel like people sometimes just do you're just doing too much like you, like over the top is too much dress for your, you, you bo- be dress for your body dress for your body make it tailored and don't don't do something just because it's weird. Like I right. personally hate that. But people trying to get headlines, that? right? What you say say? People are trying to get headlines by wearing, wearing like weird, well, weird right. shit. And you have to get invent inv- invited by Anna herself. So like that's a that's hot a, ticket. It's yeah. it's very hard to get into. Yeah. It's very hard. So, uh, there's my there's my five seconds. I don't think I I, I there's no way I can. <laughs> it's a tough 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 ticket. Never um, say never. Never say never. Yeah, but yeah, there was like it was interesting because of, like Jared Leto. Um, they thought he, someone was Jared Leto with with this like very futuristic metallic like all this metallic spikes coming out, but it, was, it wasn't him. It was someone else. Uh, but yeah. they, they, they thought it was him originally. It was actually Frederick Robertson, um, who actually does resemble Jared, but Jared actually was there with a friend that, uh, who's Gucci's Alessandra Michelle. Yeah. They who, looked like twins. Who, who was dressed also, up as like, yeah, Jared Leto's twin. Pass. <laughs> that was a big pass for you too. Mm. <laughs> All right. Number 18, moving on as we try to wrap up. Dave Chappelle attacked while performing on stage at the Hollywood Bowl. So shocking footage. Um, they, I guess, tried to pull the the Chris Rock, Will Smith thing uh, while he mm. was on stage telling jokes. That's what Dave Chappelle does great and well. And this is for the Netflix, um, you know, Netflix specials that they're doing. And, um, yeah, someone rushed the stage, was identified as Isaiah Lee. So apparently he was charged with assault. And of course, he was carrying a replica gun that could discharge as a blade knife. Wow. Yeah. yeah so he had a knife. How do you make right. it in security? Through security is my question. Yeah, with a replica gun. Yeah, that's hard. Yeah, right. Yeah, Being held on $30,000 bail. And apparently, it's very hard to get video footage of this because they, you know, I've been to a Dave Chappelle show before. They lock your phones in this case and they don't yeah. open for you until you leave because they don't you know it's a tape special they don't want it leaked and or whatever but some pe- some people managed to to get video of it and i'm glad somebody did because wow that was crazy crazy yeah well and i said it was going to happen like you know once the whole will smith thing happened that there's gonna be some idiot that thinks that just because you don't like what somebody said on stage then you're allowed to do whatever and and like attack that person i don't even yeah. think it has anything to do with that like i the, with that guy Isaiah, and what was his last name? Isaiah, yes, his name is Isaiah. So I have his name. I, I, Isaiah Lee. Isaiah Lee. Okay. Yes. Like it was revealed, like you know that um, 
he I mean he tried to like self-record this song about Dave Chappelle like four years ago <laughs> and um like a pro so song not, or against them I think it was a pro song and really? like it, it was more he, he it, it wasn't so he wasn't attacking him to um it wasn't you know, for a joke he told right it okay. was more like he had some kind of like really really irrational obsession with uh with him and you know one of those i'm your greatest fan i like so, <laughs> so I had nothing about the trans uh community or he wasn't like a yeah, pro I trans or i thought that's what it was about but that's what we thought but no she probably made a joke about like asking if he was trans or something like that but that's at the end at the end he when he regained his composure he said it was a trans man and then he got a lot of laughs, yeah. um, but you know <laughs> it's just like wow he's still poking poking the trans bear i guess so to speak um <laughs> because you know i was like you know you know there's a lot of outrage about the comments he's made but he's you know I, he probably shouldn't have said that but i mean he did get a lot of laughs um and i don't believe the guy was trans but but one thing that do, what was revealed is that he got really fucked up i think they fucked him up in the back good yeah. like good i hope they beat his ass um, yeah, they should have put him in the hospital. To, yeah, they, uh, they, they did. I think he, they they, they hurt his arm. Uh, I think Jamie Fox. <laughs> I, I think I'm reading right. If I'm reading this right, Jamie Fox actually uh, came to the rescue Ooh. and tackled him. Uh, Jamie Fox, Chris Brown, Chris Brown's friend with Dave Chappelle. It's crazy because no Brown, one's crazy. Yeah. Chris Brown he, and can throw punches like Chris Brown. You can't run on stage and tackle someone like no. Just it's just like the wrestlers. Like when you jump in the ring and attack wrestlers, they beat the shit out of you. Wrestlers, WWE wrestlers all yeah. the time. The comedians, not as often. But I think now because of the Will Smith, Chris Rock thing, everyone thinks they can do that now. Yeah. You know? Um, but, dude, I, I yeah, I hope this guy gets the – yeah. I mean, he, he got attacked, and he could probably sue for assault. But at the same time, he was the no, he instigator. Can't. He can't. He can't he has no le- he's got no leg to stand no. on, right, on that. So – um, all right, let's move on to number 19, the Johnny Depp Heard trial. Um, I watched a little bit today. This is the first time that Amber Heard, um, yeah, um, had some test- testimony um, and uh, started by introducing herself and and just started going through all uh, the good times initially and then all the bad times of all the abuse. And um, you know what, man? The more she's recounting all these stories of, of abuse and showing photos of bruised arms, what she did. It's putting a little more doubt in my mind now. Uh, uh, you know, initially I was like, maybe it's team, you know, maybe I should be team Johnny, you know, because of, you know, but, and I don't know. I mean, her, 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 her testimony seemed very credible. Um, well, well she's an actress. She is an actress. Right. Um, but, um, you know, to lie on the stand like that, if she's, she's lying about, um, didn't they say she's got like, personality disorder she's got like a histrionic personality disorder um, yeah. uh dissociative identity uh dissociative personality oh, wait I don't histrionic know, was one of them yeah the whole thing just seems bizarre to me like, yeah like so, just uh, listening to her on that like either voicemail or or conversation to him when yeah, she's yeah. like go ahead tell the world that you were abused who's gonna believe you like right yeah that sounds as a man no one's gonna believe you yeah that 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 doesn't look good for you like like why would you say that 
Like, yeah. it, sound, it just doesn't sound good. If somebody yeah. showed my bed, I, I, I would beat them. Well, right. I mean, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's, that is pretty rank and, and disgusting. Um, but before uh, the uh, Depp's lawyers rested their case, they brought in forensic accountant Mike Spindler to the stand, who said that Johnny Depp lost tens of millions of dollars as a result of the 2018 op-ed. So, um, the, oh, I thought, I thought you were going to say they actually like um, investigated the shit to make sure it was hers. <laughs> can forensic accountants a forensic uh uh what would it be the forensic dna uh, okay yeah scientists could do that but uh yeah so so that's about right 50 million he's suing for and he lost approximately 40 million so he's adding 10 million i guess for emotional distress or whatever but uh um so that's how yeah approximately forty thousand in earnings from projects that you know he could have made money from you know the fantastic beast right. three the um the sixth movie uh, of Pirates of the Caribbean, you know. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, um, but like also yes. Uh, so Amber Heard suffered from post traumatic stress disorder. Um. So this is what they're saying. Uh, the, the psychologist on Amber's side is that she suffered post traumatic stress disorder due to physical and sexual abuse at the hands of ex husband Johnny Depp. And yeah, she described how. She would like check her cavities, like her vagina and her asshole to find drugs. Like she's like hiding the drugs from from Johnny or something. Um, she, yeah, very. Did he find some? They they weren't in there. Um, <laughs> so she talked about how when Mr. Depp was drunk or high, threw her on the bed, ripped off her nightgown, tried to have sex with her. Happened to usually a drug fueled rage. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. Um, it's been crazy, but yeah, Bill Burr actually um, expressed support for Johnny Depp during uh, his um, most recent podcast. He says a big fan of Johnny's, and um, what you know, from what I've seen, he said uh, the guy is fucking destroying. And what's great about this, if he really, because he he thinks that Johnny's going to win, um, he said uh, if he really does expose this woman for lying. I'm wondering if all these people that, you know, just accept her lies about him are going to apologize somehow. So um, Burr is very, very uh Yeah, they want to apologize. They'll start using them again in movies, but no one's going to apologize and admit they were mm-hmm. wrong that that happens. Yeah. And Drew Barrymore, who just saw it at the, at the White House Correspondence, uh, issued an apology because she, she compared um, the trial a seven-layer dip of insanity, which I thought was pretty funny. She said, it's like one layer crazy. It's a seven-layer dip of insanity. I know these are two of the uh, uh, people's lives, and I know that she, what it's like wrong. to have your life put out in public. But I don't know if she has to apologize. I mean, that's a pretty... So what, what they were saying because of crazy people is insensitive? Yeah, that, insensitive for crazy people. That's what you're saying now? Oh, yeah. fuck, man. <laughs> so we have to be a, a sensitive for crazy people now. Is that, that's, apologize. that's the, that's okay. a new group that we have to... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't apologize for dumb shit like that. Yeah. I mean, because people online are going to be like, I'm so offended, I can't believe you said that. I mean, they're, right. it's all, they're all bullshit. Like, mm. like People are going to act like they're offended over everything, even though they're yeah. not. And uh, number 20, last on my list, Morgan. Yes, this is the last one. Is, is some of the recent Me Too things that have come up. Um, Bill Murray, one of them, offered his first statement. But apparently, they suspended production on a film called Being Mortal, 
which is being directed by Aziz Ansari, because apparently there was a difference in opinion with a woman that Bill Murray was working with. Apparently Bill did maybe a funny perverted joke. It wasn't really revealed what it was, but he said, I did something I thought was funny, but it wasn't taken the right way. So the studio wanted to do the right thing. They check it all out, investigate. So they stopped the production. And apparently they're trying to work it out and trying to get, you know, they're talking about it, trying to make peace with each other and be professionals about it. So I hope they do resolve this without escalating it further and causing yeah. them to not make right. this film, you know? But you can't when you think about all the... without knowing what it is. We don't really know what it is. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah we don't know what it is. Me too moment where you don't know what, what even happened. Right. That's true. That's a very well, yeah. Basically, I mean, it was uh, you know, it was probably very, very. I'm guessing it's very similar to what Jeff Garland did on the Goldbergs. It sounds just like make, it was nothing. Which was just made a, like a dirty joke or a dirty comment or you know, a, you know. Yeah, he said, "Oh my sexual. vagina about himself my, when he was my wearing tighties." He said, "My vagina hurts." No, no, right? no he, he said, "Oh my vagina," because he like was wearing tidy whities on a chair and he got up and he's right. making a joke about himself, but right. like. Somebody well, heard appa- vagina. Apparently, and, so, someone's super offended. An adult, an adult heard vagina. Can I handle it? Ugh. Zod, you, you had something. Your wheels were turning. Uh, they were, but it was more about... I was thinking about how like uh, an incident like this was um, stopped the entire... You know, they're saying it, it stopped the entire production. And... Mm-hmm. At first, I was going to say I was I was thinking about like all the people who are working on this production, how like, you know, they're kind of like relying on the income they make from it. And then talking about like, you know, the crew and, you know, the cast and crew, like when this stuff gets delayed, suddenly they have to, um, you know, they're not they're not making their money the way they are. And I'm not talking about like stars like Bill Murray. I'm talking about like the, you know the the more like working class the people who actually need the money <laughs> yeah. and yeah yeah but then again like uh, like chachi was saying the uh we don't know what the um you know what actually happened i mean bill murray is you know he's a fucking legend so it's really really mm-hmm. it would be it would be difficult to think that he would he would do something like that it would be unfortunate but it's you know this kind of shit sucks yeah you never know yeah I was, i'll just end with this last one i'm gonna skip the second one uh, as we're running out of time but this is this is where it gets bad when somebody falsely accuses somebody so interestingly enough enough we met don lemon from cnn at the white house correspondence this one involves don lemon apparently there's a man that was accusing don lemon of sexual assault and then he decided to recant the accusation and formally drop the lawsuit because he was fucking lying. Uh-huh. Um, he said, after a lot of inner reflection and deep dive into my memory, I've come to realize that my recollection of the events that occurred on the night in question <laughs> when I first met Can't. Don Lemon were not what I thought were when I filed this lawsuit. As a result, I am dropping the case. Deep dive into my memory. Deep yeah. dive into wow. my memory. That's, that's a great way of saying I was bullshitting. People are yes. mixed so in 2018, he he attempted to buy Don Lemon a drink, and then he refused. And then the guy apparently claimed that Lemon came up to him, rubbed his genitals, and put his fingers in his mustache, asking, "Do you like pussy or dick?" Jesus. 
What's the, you know, the old, the old, um, you know, opening line that people have been using for you for a long time. You know what I mean? Like, uh, well, okay. denied all accusations. In addition, one of the witnesses called up Heisen contradicted his claim. So, uh, yeah, he, uh, Yep, he decided to drop that. Yeah, lawsuit. who wants to even be famous nowadays? Like, like what? A, yeah, that's a so bullshit you got to deal with now. Not lie about sexual mm. assault. It's just not appropriate. Mm. Apparently, no, but, but he should, he should, he should be um, prosecuted. Yeah, like, whatever. I think whatever when people lie about that kind of like hate crimes or they yeah. lie about assault sexual or whatever. Assault, I think, yeah, I think they should be um, equally you know, prosecuted yeah, in the same way. Equally, they equally. That yeah, crime. lie. Because then all it does is make people who. Stuff really happens to them. People don't believe them because you know mm-hmm. all these people that run around and lie about it, like yeah. like, like you see Smoulet, you know, and, and he's yeah. got like a you know barely any jail oh, time, yeah. if, oh, so, depending on so his background. So he he was ordered to pay seventy seven thousand in attorney fees, and he destroyed evidence as long as other discrediting information. So I guess he was like getting rid of things that admitted that he was lying about the situation. Oh wow! All right. So of course we have to. Uh, conclude uh, BTB with uh, recipe shout outs for those who have left us. Uh, David Bernie. He said, still- he said recipe shout outs. <laughs> is, is that an appropriate? A recipe shout out? <laughs> Yo, <laughs> man, more- rest in peace. <laughs> <laughs> What's more appropriate? A rest in peace. Um, um, condolences, or condolences. Our, our condolences to the following. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yo, yo, yo. This is a shout outs to people who died. David Burney, who starred on the first season of St. Elsewhere. Yes. Um, the short-lived... Rest uh, in con- peace. Uh, Bridget loves Burney. <laughs> uh, Sally passed away. Rick Parnell, who played the, in the fictional band uh, Spinal Tap um, in the 1984 mockumentary This is Spinal Tap, had died at the age of 70. Yeah, no he miss you. Like rest her. in peace. No cause of death was um, reported. Um, Zod... Oh, I was just gonna say he was the actual drummer. <laughs> the uh, he was a he was a good drummer. Keep but going. They called it the fictional band for some reason. Why they call? Oh well, yeah, band? Spinal Tap was a fictional band, but they made real music. Ah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> and Zod, we have to say rest in peace to um, an artist in the comic book world that you actually interviewed at the Baltimore Comic Con, Neil yeah. Adams, and I actually. Pin that on our official SoundCloud page, soundcloud.com slash below the belt show, where you can listen to and easily access the interview with Neil Adams and um, definitely a trailblazer in the world of comic books. Yeah, he was he was. Yeah, I mean, just about every comic book made after, I don't know, like 1975 or so, you can see his influence in it because he like totally changed like um the way a lot of like you know he was a lot more like expressive and like you can you can just see that in a lot of things and he i mean he he was responsible for some classic classic batman and um like he was the artist on green lantern green arrow which was you know one of the first comics that was like more like serious like in like the late 60s where they were trying to so yeah and he's he's done some a whole lot of amazing stuff and he was so sorely missed he's very you know very playful on your interview kind of like um, yeah 
kind of like uh, being sarcastic but funny at the same time, you know? Yeah, he was so much fun to talk to. And he was, and he will be very missed. Um, rest in peace, Neil Adams. And rest in peace, Mike Lemon, a Philadelphia casting director, was a very beloved casting director in this town. And of course, with Death We Celebrate Life, for those who are another year around the sun, actor Richard Jenkins, Shape of the Water, 75. Will Arnett from Rusted Development is 52. Kamora Lee Simmons is 47. Aaron Andrews, uh, sports reporter, is 44. Lance Bassman, 643. And Ruth Nega from Loving is 41. That's birthdays today. So thank you very much, guys. This is an amazing show from top to bottom. I'd like to thank, of course, the King of the 80s, Chachi McFly. And uh, for our Star Wars Peace. segment was Chachi McFly Walker. Um, General Zod, who is already a Star Wars uh, name himself. Yeah. Darth Morgan, fabulous. Thank you much for joining us here on BTV. So see you guys. And of course, thank you earlier in the program, Kenny Hopkins, aka Ken Kenobi. And I'm Al Soto, aka Han Soto. Uh, we're saying goodbye here on BTV, closing with another interview from the Fan Expo Comic Con. And this actor actually did voiceover work in Clone Wars, and it's uh, a Clerks actor, Randall himself, Jeff Anderson. Uh, we'll be closing up uh, BTB with that exclusive interview. Um, we'll t- he talks all about the Clerks reunion at the Comic Con and the upcoming Clerks three. So, ending tonight with that interview. And guys, what a great episode! We will see you guys next week. Until then, peace. peace. All right, guys, we're here with Jeff Anderson, one of the stars of Clerks. Good to have you here. Uh, talk to us here on Below the Belt Show at Fan Expo Philadelphia. First of all, it's got to be awesome to get this gang back together, right? Not this gang, man. They're very difficult people. They're, they're man, I mean, Brian, if I never see him again, oh, <laughs> I mean, my God, you have no idea. And don't even get me started on Trevor. Oh, <laughs> This is why I only do a movie with these guys once every 15 years. Because that's all I can take of them. (laughs) Right. Well, let's talk about that. So we recently uh, wrapped Clerks 3. We did. um, When you got the call that you would be reprising your role and uh, back on set. What were your thoughts? (laughs) Well, in case you're wondering why movies happen every 15 years, Kevin approaches me at about year four, and then it takes me about 11 years to decide to do it. I have to get the yeah. script 11 years in advance so I can remember my lines. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's legit. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. <laughs> How was your onset experience? Uh, and seeing a lot of your old friends again on set. Yeah, it, it's, uh, you know, for Clerks 3, we, we shot obviously Clerks 2 and we had a lot of fun doing yeah, it. Totally. Um, but for Clerks 3, we were back in the store and it was so surreal. Like the first time around, there were six of us in the store. This right. time around, I think they capped it at 50 people that were allowed in the store oh you know, with the crew. So it, it, it's very mind-boggling. It's very mind-boggling. Yeah, totally, totally. And, of course, uh, I hear next month there's another big reunion at the uh, Jay and Silent Bob's Secret Stash. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a big uh, photo op opportunity now. Also another big q and I hear. Yeah, these fucking Q and A's and these these photo ops like it, it, it is just too much. I mean, enough with this clerks thing. Will you people stop liking clerks? We're trying to go away. Oh, no. <laughs> it's hard not to go away with a such an iconic movie that just 
just uh, surpassed expectations. I mean, we're talking shoestring budget, black and white, and it was one of the most successful comedies of its time. Surpassed expectations. Nobody had expectations. Yeah. I mean, it is yeah. the most bizarre. We're doing a fan expo 30 years later. Right. From this little crappy movie. I mean, it, <laughs> it's it's mind-numbing. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, also tell the fans, Jeff, what you've been up to um, since Clerks uh, 2 and 3. Um, I know you've done some voiceover work. I've seen you've been busy on that. What other, what other um, industries are you uh, popping up in? Um, I don't do anything showbiz related. I, okay. I, I stopped doing voiceovers a while back. Ah, I, see. Um, okay. I did write and direct a movie and that was kind of fun. I just cool. kind of did it to do it. Yeah. Um, but I don't pursue acting or anything like that. So I live a very normal everyday life. Can we talk about the, your new career path or what you've been involved in? You know, I owned a business until 2019 and we sold it. And exactly. since that, I haven't figured out exactly what I'm going to do. Okay. I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I turned 52 later in the in the month right. and I still don't know what I want to be. <laughs> I swear I want to be a cowboy, but there's really not much work for that. I'm thinking about getting into pole vaulting. Okay. <laughs> I, I heard there's a lot you can do with pole vaulting. Yeah. But did Clerks 3 give you that itch uh, to be an actor again, or no? No. Uh, Believe it or not, it's kind of like doing these things sort of gives me the itch. Because I meet a lot of people that are trying to get into film and trying to do what we're doing. And I always tell them, I'm like, listen, we are living proof. You can make a crappy little movie and be at a fan expo signing autographs. You never know. So I give a lot of people these pep talks and say, look, we did it. You can do it. And I have to say, by coming to these cons, I'm starting to get a little twinge, a little twinge about writing something new. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. You heard it here first, guys. Jeff Anderson. I mean, I may just write it and nobody will ever read it or know it, but I'm thinking about doing it. Awesome. Well, guys, it was great talking to Jeff Anderson of Clerks fame. And uh, more to come here on Below the Belt Show and click on this. Any show that's called Below the Belt Show... I'm on. Yes! I very rarely do yes. these things, but man, you yes. call something below the belt, Yes, I'm there. Nice. <laughs> and our YouTube show is called Click On This. You can listen to a shout out to Click On This. Yo, click on this. Check it out. Click on this. It's below the belt. Well, it has been a ill show tonight, and I think we have all learned some valuable lessons. This is your bot for the bad boys of Baltimore saying, until next time, keep chilling. Like a villain. Fight it, fight it, fight it, fight it, fight it.